This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. You can take control here. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is the number here. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with a special guest host uh, this evening. Eddie Free is with us. Hello there, Eddie. Hello, Ian. Thanks for having me. Mark, hello. I am here. Welcome to the program. Uh, you've come all the way up to our very own beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, for, uh, I guess, a short visit. You're here for the weekend, at the very least, and uh, you're from the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, I came up uh, with uh, Clyde with uh, NeverTakeAPlea.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually looking for a property. He's another participant in the uh, Free State Project. It's exciting. He's, he's uh, looking around property in the area, and... Uh, just uh, offered me a ride, and, and, and I had to accept uh, a chance to come back and see my uh, Liberty-loving friends up here in the Shire. It's always a good time here, and there's a lot going on. Uh, there's always something going on up here because, well, there's hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people who've made the move to New Hampshire. Not only probably a few dozen are in the area in which that we're at uh, right now, but more are coming. You've got over 11,000 people who have pledged to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And more are constantly signing up as the word spreads about all of the great stuff that's uh, that's going on up here. And, of course, the more people we can get here, the sooner they can get here, the better. And more folks, uh, kind of in the early years, it's more been like single males that are unattached that are kind of coming up. But now we're starting to see folks like uh, like you mentioned Clyde from NeverTakeAPlea.org, people with a little bit more capital, uh, maybe you've been around a little longer because a lot of the movers have been maybe in their 20s to their early 30s. Uh, folks that are a little more established have been looking at making the move recently. There's been some folks that have purchased some properties in Keene here over the last year as well, a nice couple that had moved into town, and now they're renting some of those properties out to incoming activists and activists that are on the ground here. So there's a role for everybody in this movement, whether it's uh, you know financier, uh, investor, activist, civil disobedience activists, uh, media personalities. There's so much going on. Politicians, and, people that wish to run for office. Yeah, that too. And uh, in, in fact, there was some even some pretty good news out of the election. Uh, freestateblogs.net was uh, reporting on the the keen election results, uh, saying that there that there was actually some things to be pretty excited about uh, as I'd far as hear that. political changes here. It's posted over at freekeen.com. Cool. You're welcome to to check that out. But the more activists we can get here, the more involved they they can be in a variety of different ways, the better. So obviously, it's good to have you uh, visiting. And you actually got uh, you were out this afternoon at Free Speech Fridays, which of course it's Veterans Day, and you're a veteran. I am. Yeah. So, uh, so there was a, for, here in, in Keene. There's a weekly event, Free Speech Fridays, where uh, Derek, who's on our show uh, Tuesday nights, brings out a, a megaphone, and he usually has a few words that that he shares, and and opens up the uh, the megaphone to anybody who's in the area that you know has something that they want to say. And so today, there were a number of veterans who did speak uh, at Free Speech Friday, including yourself as well as uh, JJ, who's on uh, Thursday nights on this program, and our, our friend Jason Talley. That's right. Tally is also a veteran uh, from Tally.tv and another gentleman who is frequently in the park, uh, hanging out in the park as well, talk, kind of told his story. There's video footage of all of that, and I imagine it'll be showing up over at uh, Free Agents probably at some point. FR33Agents. Is it .com or .net? I know there are two of them, They actually. have them both, and one of them is about to be relaunched, but I don't remember. I think it's .com. It's the .com. It's .com. Yeah. Okay. So people can keep an eye open there. 
and they'll be able to see more about what happened. Now, I know uh, Mark feels pretty strongly about this whole Veterans Day thing, so I don't know, Mark, if you want to kind of yep. jump in with your thoughts. Absolutely. You know, this is a story I have told in different ways uh, pretty much every Veterans Day um, that we that's come along, or at least uh, since I've gotten the the anti-war uh, you know gospel um, you know in my blood, and it. To me, it really shows the picture. For those that don't know, Veterans Day was switched sometime after the Korean War from Armistice Day to Veterans Day. This was – it was a celebration of the, uh, the the moment in time that the World War One ended. And World War One is – you know, they, they called it the Great War. This is the war that really shows how, you know, stupid, pointless, and despicable war is as a solution to problems. People can really see it. I don't know if it's the, uh, you know, the distance in history or the lack of jingoism or whatever it might be. I don't know um, why it is, but people can truly see it with World War One. And I want to, you know, just uh, I want to tell a story. The um, at apparently the the folks that do the, you know, decided that the end of the war there um, was was going to occur the the generals that kind of thing that happened according to wikipedia the armistice was agreed on at 5 a.m on 11 november to come into effect at 11 a.m paris time for which the reason the occasion is sometimes referred to the 11th hour the 11th day of the 11th month Mm -hmm. it was a result of a hurried and desperate process um, the chief of staff, Paul uh, Hindenburg, von Hindenburg, had requested arrangements for a meeting uh, with uh, Ferdinand Folk, who essentially did the armistice, wrote it up by telegram on 7 November. He was under pressure of imminent revolution in Berlin. Germany was German. The, the World War One was not ended by anything more than the German people saying enough is enough. And they decided that that on, you know, November 11, uh, excuse me, in, in November of that year. So the claim that, you know, that, uh, you know, somehow or another, if the United States hadn't have gotten in, that uh, Germany might have won, doesn't really hold up to history because, in fact, it was the German people rioting and rebelling that caused the end of the of World War One. Hmm. Um you know, Germany wasn't going to win World War One one way or the other. Is I guess the point that I'd uh, like to make of that. And so, anyway, these guys uh, met in some private train parked in a, a railroad siding in the forest of Compagnie, um, and you know, after uh, three days of nego- negotiations, came up with this uh, armistice treaty, which was basically all just about an unconditional surrender, just about. And the so, but it would it happened at five a.m. That means that there were six hours of time that they decided well the war will end at 11 and maybe this makes some sense you know we don't want one side fighting the other side isn't fighting or whatever but it's very strange and here on veterans day when we you know look at the uh, situations and we talk about these great sacrifices that these men have made i want to read a few stories um the the stories of the last men to die in world war one and you know, I'm sure women died in World War One too, but uh, a lot more men did. And here's one story. The news um, was quickly given to the armies during the morning of 11 November. But even after hearing that the armistice was due to start at 11, intense warfare continued right into the last minute. Hmm. Many artillery units continued to fire on German targets. Get this, Ian, to avoid hauling away their spare ammunition. Wow. So we got the bombs. Let's drop them. 
I mean, it's disgusting. I mean, it's really sick and weird. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, we who cares? Just, let's shoot these guys. Let's shoot these things off. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's any more sick or weird than what happened before the armistice. I know. Oh, oh I know. Killing. You get to you get to see how pointless it all is. This moment in time afterwards. Oh, we don't want to carry this stuff off, so let's kill people with it. Wow. The Allies also wish to ensure that uh, the, should the fighting restart, they'd be in the most favorable position. Consequently, they were. Um, Get this, almost 11,000 casualties. In that in short that, span of time? In that six hours, that day. Wow. That's 10,944 uh, 10, casualties, of which 2,738 men died on the last day of the war. Now, you know, when we're, when we're talking on this day, which is Armistice Day, um, you know, I mean, it's been expanded to, for all veterans and that kind of thing. But when we're talking about... Well, right. Well, I'm sorry. It's been expanded, but at the same time, the... Uh, the, the focus has shifted. I mean, Armistice Day, you could argue, was a celebration of the end of a war. And now it's just we're just celebrating veterans for telling doing what they were told. Yeah. Right. Um, indeed. And, you know, that's this is the way I see it. And I wonder how many veterans see it the same way as I do, which is, you know, essentially these guys have been tricked through indoctrination, jingoism and pledge saying to, you know, do the whims of people that we know are thieves and liars, politicians. I mean, most Americans would look at Congress right now and they say that Congress is doing a terrible job, that it's a bunch of thieves and a bunch of liars. However, the young men and women of our military, which are doing the whims of these politicians, frankly, without question, they're good people that deserve our praise. And I don't know whether that's well, a true donat- It's clear. They're, they're donating to Ron Paul. Uh, <laughs> they are. The they numbers want out. that are coming in uh, yeah, but exceed uh, the rest of the candidates by far. Let's come back with more. 855-450-FREE if you want to share your thoughts. Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A -a pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. We're here live. It's Veterans Day, and we're talking about Armistice Day, and we're talking about the past and some stories about uh, a five-hour window in which, or six-hour window, uh, in which people continued to perform killing even after the armistice was reached. You're going to share some more of those stories, but we're going to get to your phone calls first at 855-450-FREE. The Ruger Gun Scouts Rifle is an affordable versatile, reliable rifle. It'll deliver 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets the practical tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle, the one rifle you have to have if you can have only one. You can go see it at Ruger.com and get it at your local gun dealer. It's the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. All right, 855-450-FREE to the phones and to the fun. Looks like we are on WGMD-FM tonight in Delaware where Eric is on the line. Hello, Eric. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, great. What's on your mind, Eric? Uh, I'm a veteran, and I have to say that the fact that... Uh I don't know who, who the guy is that was just speaking about um, veterans or or service people following people, 
following their leaders blindly, but he is a nut. I'm a nut? Absolute crazy. Okay, well, um, we, instead of instead of the ad hominem attacks, why don't you tell me why? Uh, because we question everything. But do Really? You, but do you do it? Uh, absolutely, 100%. Does it bother we you question. that there hasn't been a war declared since 1941? I didn't hear what you said. I, I'm does, sorry, what was that? Does it bother you that a war has not been declared since 1941? Bothers me very much. Good. Bothers me very much. So, however, would you go and fight however, in a war that had not been declared? Fight fight for politicians? I, went, I, I was in Iraq. So, so you question things, but you still do what you're told, right? Well, yeah, because you can't, you have to follow your leaders, but question what they're doing. You can't. Well, what no good does questioning do? I mean, if, if you question what they're doing and you come to the conclusion that what they're doing is wrong, why would you continue participating in something you know is wrong? Because I know that people needed our help. I was a medic. I was a flight medic. Well, you know, I, and, and, I know that, and I know that people needed my help, and I was willing to do that. Lots of conscientious objectors have done the medic role, and I don't have, I don't have nearly as much bad to say about a medic role as I do somebody who's fighting in an infantry um, status. And I, you know, I mean, I I get where you're coming from on that. However, I mean, doesn't it doesn't it bother you that perhaps a you know the weapons of mass destruction thing was a lie that was uh, brought through torture that there wasn't a declared war? I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why these wars um, you know that, that have been fought here are bad ones. And you know, the politicians are just a bunch of cowards. If they really wanted a fight, why don't they go out and get one themselves? I wholeheartedly agree, and I will tell you this: I love my country, but I hate my government. Eric, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Phil's in Rochester, New York. Phil, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eddie, and Mark. Evening, gentlemen. Um, Fascinating uh, subject, especially um, given what I've kind of observed uh, this week uh, recently. Just maybe maybe my perception, maybe not. But in the the, uh, mainstream media, there seems to be, be recently a spike in stories regarding um, our our governments, meaning the United States government's um, overwhelming concern uh, about uh, the people in Iran that they may want to have for themselves some type of nuclear weapon. And it just seems to me um, this pervasive uh, beating of the war drum with, you know, as a means to an end, to, to drum up the necessity of, of some action at some point in the, probably in the near future. I was just wondering, is, is, that, is that my perception alone? No, I don't think so. Else? Didn't somebody say, I don't think, I think it was off the air, Mark, last night, but uh, wasn't somebody saying that this Romney fellow was talking about he uh, invading that, uh, Iran? Yeah, if, he, if he's elected, he's the first, one of the first things he's going to do is start preparing for war. He was going uh, promised to send ships to the Gulf. Uh, as and, if that's going like to keep them like from creating uh, that, that create, I'd like uh, to point out that, that this, uh, that this um, attitude pervades both both major political parties. You know, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? So, so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter which side is going to dominate our government. It seems to me that the powers that be have decided that there is going to be 
there is going to be another war. Right. The um, Democrats and the Republicans are two wings of the war party, and that's what it comes down to. You know, war is the health of the state, of the, and that's, you know, the state's getting darn healthy. People say that uh, the veterans are out there fighting for our freedoms. You would think we would have more freedoms as a result, but we don't. Yeah, we no, have fewer. that's not the well, case. That's right. We had the uh, World War One, like you were talking about, and uh, all this time we've been fighting all these wars, but uh, wh- why are we less free? now if if men have been dying you know, day after day year after year for so long why are we less free now well and I mean, I'd, I'd also i'd also like to point out the absurdity of the whole argument um that the people that that run iran would would you know are, are likely to do something rash if they had uh some type of uh you know devastating weapon i mean let's face it the people that 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 run that country uh no matter what their motivation whether they're you know, religious zealots or uh, or just secular dictators. Um, if I may borrow from you know, uh, uh, you know, a movie. Um, you know, all that have power are afraid to lose it. Sure. So, so, so how it wouldn't serve their ends to um, to make use of such a weapon if it's going to jeopardize. Their no, you're right. It, it wouldn't, nation. but it does serve the end of the U.S. politicians who can saber rattle and use the specter of nuclear holocaust to get people all scared and whipped up into supporting a war with Iran. So well, it's also it's, the, the the phenomenon of suicide bombers has uh, been tied inex- inexorably to the Muslim religion, but in fact. Suicide people that are willing to uh, suicide themselves for a cause the have, existed, have existed throughout history. It's nothing uh, you know that just has to do with the Middle East, and usually what it has to do with is an occupied country. Exactly. And those people are occupied, and they're in fact occupied in large part by the United States. It, it wasn't happening until we were actually occupying. That wasn't happening in the streets of Afghanistan. We, it wasn't happening the in the streets of Iraq. It didn't happen. It happened until in Israel, there were troops. But, until there were troops there. Yep. But it happened in Israel. But that. You know, the Palestinians could arguably be called occupied, certainly be called I'd like to point out that I have not occupied uh, Iran or Iraq or anything like that. So I don't want to be included in the we because I don't think any of us actually did that. You were a veteran, but luckily you never actually made it over there. That's right. I I joined in the early 90s. Um, I was at a point in my life where where a lot of of young folks, especially right now, are joining because they're they're at a loss for options, they feel. They feel like they got no job prospects and no hope and no money, and it's it's a de- desperate situation. Maybe we can talk more about your situation in a bit, Eddie Free. Uh, Phil in Rochester, any other thoughts? Um, it, it just seems to me that, that if that is the, the ultimate goal is, is another, op- another occupation, it seems to me exceptionally short-sighted. I don't think, I don't think um, the appetite of the people of the United States is such that, that we could um, engage and sustain uh, such an oper- operation. I don't think that's a factor. I don't think that's something that they even oh, consider. It's a, factor. it's a factor. No, I think that all they consider is whether or not they can get more contracts for their buddies in the military industrial complex out of it because the American people will go along with whatever. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate hearing from you at 855 450 free. That's 1 855 450 3733. And if you don't believe that, then just ask yourself where are the anti war protests? Where are they? Is it the Occupy protest? Do those count as an anti-war protest? Bit. They've got Bradley Manning signs. They've got some people that agree with it there, but they're not specifically anti-war. There aren't very many specific anti-war actions going on. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? 
ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in via the toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. That's SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it is Ian. And Eddie. And Mark. And we invite you to the website, freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam there, and when it's working, which is most of the time, uh, you can go and watch for free over at cam.freetalklive.com. You can also interact with other Free Talk Live listeners who are in the chat room there, which happens to be built into the very same page. All of it over at cam.freetalklive.com, and it's all for free. Bitcoins, they're the world's first free market, peer-to-peer digital cash. They can be used anywhere in the world without needing permission from any government or corporation. They can't be counterfeited or inflated, and now you can buy them with a credit card or PayPal. MemoryDealers.com is proud to offer physical Bitcoins that you can hold in your hands. But they can also be transferred back into normal digital form at any time. They make great conversation starters and Christmas gifts just uh, to be part of the currency that's transforming the world. Buy your Bitcoins at MemoryDealers.com. Again, it's MemoryDealers.com. All right. So once again, 855-450-FREE. Continuing with you and your thoughts, it is Veterans Day. We'll return in a bit to some of the Armistice Day stories, Mark, that you wanted to share about the six-hour period of time between 5 a.m. and 11 a.m. on 11-11. Yeah, where it was determined at 5 a.m. that the war was going to end, but not until 11. So you'll tell us some of the stories about what happened in that time window here in a bit. Jim is on the line in Kansas. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eddie, and Mark. Jim? How you doing there, brothers? What's on your mind tonight, Jim? Hi, Jim. Well, I'm glad we're talking about people and all of the fighting for my freedoms because, once again, I have to sit there and listen about dangerous Iranians. Um, okay. I don't really understand where you're coming from, but can you continue? Okay. Well... Iranians, it's the blacks on welfare, it's the Mexicans crossing the borders, it's the towelheads fixing to blow us up, it's everybody but them Jews. Isn't that kind of strange? Don't, don't you have a life? I mean, you're kind of a sad person, aren't you? Do you really believe this, or are you trying to put us on? Is this free talk live? Yeah, it is. And that means you are free okay. to, to sound like is an ignorant a bigot. Serious subject? Hello? You, that means, yes, uh, you are absolutely free to sound like an ignoramus up. bigot on the air. blown up over here. Sorry? All right. We're talking about the dangerous Iranians. No, we're not talking about that. You're because the one who... I've saying that they're fighting because they might come over here or they might get a bomb and, and do what we did to, to the Japanese. 
Well, I um, I don't actually at this point the IAEA the um, International Nuclear Whatever thing the Atomic Energy Administration or whatever out of the UN has said that there is no nuclear bomb being developed in Iran. So I'm not sure. I think that that could be it could be just a lot of propaganda for people that want to go fight a war. The, well, okay. Iran can't if even refine do, their own gasoline. They have a bomb and they want to protect themselves. I mean, we have how many we got. Lots How and many lots. Do we have? Lots and lots. I don't know that we have okay. them, but the United States so, military so does. Why are we over there? Why are okay? Well, why are don't you? You ever talk about the APAC that sent us into Iraq? Well, the AP- why APAC don't we didn't talk about the Jewish-controlled media. APAC didn't why, send anybody why is it to... Hard to talk about, but we can talk about Mexicans all so, day. So hold on a second. I'm just curious. Uh, look, I get some of what you're saying, but you keep coming back to this whole Jewish conspiracy thing. And you said the Jewish-controlled media. Now, conspiracy? do they control all the media? Conspiracy? I'm sorry. Do what? Okay, you said there is a conspiracy. No, sir. I did not say that. I was asking you a question. I just said reality. Okay, I was asking you a question. I didn't say anything about there being a conspiracy. So I'm asking you the question is, do the Jewish people control all the media? You made it sound like that was the case. I just want to make sure we're clear. Well, does the Mexicans control the world? Are you for real? Control the world. Okay, so quick. So you're either going to answer the question, and we're going to have a conversation, or we're not, right? So you're alleging that there's Jewish-controlled media, and I'm asking you: Do they control all the media? How much of it don't they control? You tell me. You're the supposed expert on all things Jewish. Let's say ninety percent. Ninety percent. Ninety percent of the media. Is it is it a drop of Jewish blood? How how Jewish does one have to be in order to be a Jew? Well, okay, you want to talk about Jews now, do you? Uh, no, that was you. You brought it up. It's Free Talk Live, man. Fantastic. My question is very simple. Everyone's to blame but the Jews, even though the Bible said, ye are of your father the devil, and ye, his will ye will do. Now, they like to talk about where their God's chosen and all that, but what about the other verses of the Bible where they crucified Christ? They don't talk about them verses, huh? Is this, no, is this based on the foundation? About it. Is this based on a foundation that the Bible is anything other than some 2,000-year-old cobbled-together document that um, is, you know has really no relevance in our life? That is just the... That's what people bring up every time I say something about that a Jew may be involved in something. I'm willing to say the Jews are no more God's people than anybody else. How's that? Tell them that then. I I, I happen to be a Can little I happen that? to be a little bit Jewish, so I'll just go ahead and tell myself. Thanks, Jim, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you, even though you're just a hate spouting bigot. Eight five five four fifty free is the number here. One eight five five. Free talk lives, Jewish controlled. One eight five. Apparently, one eight five five. I took a genetic test, found out that apparently uh, there's some Ashkenazi Jew somewhere in my lineage. Uh-huh. So now we know. We know <laughs> they're they're just attracted. They can't help it. They love microphones. We need to get one of those yarmulkes you can wear here in the studio. I have no interest in your s- silly religious vestments. At well, least those. one 450 free is the number here. Michael's in Austin, Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Michael. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind uh, tonight? Just, to... just dealing with crazy bigots. Oh, not... Uh, not too much, man. Uh, I was just calling <laughs> to actually talk a little bit about the Occupy uh, movement. Sure. Front, uh, down here in Austin. 
Uh, one thing I've noticed a lot of this going on is just, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this before, but rampant collectivism. And uh, I've tried to go down there a lot, and I feel like a lot of the source of a lot of people's problems is they want uh, to empower to solve social problems. And one message that I'm really trying to get out there for everybody is that individualism really solves for everybody, that it empowers every single individual. Like this guy who was just on was talking about the, the Jews and he's grouping Mexicans and he's grouping everybody, but what I think what he fails to realize is that when you go for individualism, you're not looking to put people in groups or empower one group over another. You want to have liberty for everybody, and that's really what we all need to be promoting. Oh, but it's so much easier to just put people into groups. Then you don't actually have to think. Then you don't actually have to, to ascertain uh, different uh, experiences from different individuals and actually treat them as though they're separate human beings. It's much easier to just lump everyone into groups. You can just hate people. <laughs> it's so true, but I think people just need to really realize that when we put power in groups, uh, those groups as well-meaning as they may seem and as much peace as they may promise, they end up going on to uh, basically cause tyranny for the, in- for the individual, every individual. And, um, as soon as it becomes democracy, like, it, it destroys uh, the, the individual. It, it's true. And I was just listening to Stefan Molyneux, uh, some of his videos last night, Stefan Molyneux, and he had a, a nice video where he was basically referring to all of us as free-range serfs or free-range slaves. Yeah. And I think, you know, what the biggest help they really need to realize is that we're all in the same boat. We're not free, and the illusion of right. freedom is really what's keeping us, you know, apart and afraid and really just supporting different groups that really mean nothing. We're all just free-range serfs. We can't go – even if we go somewhere, we're still stuck in the system, and we really need to be fighting for every individual. Yeah, as and long as you stand on the government's land, they, they, they claim to own you. No, it's so true. And I just want to say hi to Eddie. I'm glad he made it to New Hampshire, all right? Um, and Hello, thanks. I don't know what you guys are doing. I've never called in there before. Well, called Michael, uh, hopefully we'll see you up here uh, one of these days, and thanks uh, for the call. appreciate hearing from you. Eddie hasn't quite thanks, made the Michael. move yet, but that's uh, perhaps next year? Is that uh, the plan? In the springtime, springtime, I plan on it. Good time to move. 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Unless you are bigoted, as long as you love liberty, you're welcome here in, uh, in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. If you're a bigot or advocating violence, uh, you won't get very far here. 855-453 is the number. It's Free Talk Live. In the amazing universe of podcasts, one podcast stands alone in excellence of broadcasting and neurology. It's verbalsurgery.com. That's right, verbalsurgery.com. Get your brain in gear. Get it full speed ahead. Get it going right now, baby, because you are awesome, awesome, awesome. And this podcast, when you listen to it, you will feel better right now. So go to verbalsurgery.com. Get with the program, baby. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number. It's brought to you by SACL CAI 1-855-450-3733. And joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Eddie. And Mark. And uh, you can, of course, join us online over at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as $3 a month. We'll take that 3 bucks in, reinvest it into the show Get on more radio stations around the country and bring more internet listeners on board as well. Head on over uh, to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll learn more about the program there. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum, 
and more. Get on the details uh, over at amp.freetalklive.com. There are lots of reasons why one might want to own an air gun. There Maybe they're illegal due to local laws or some other reason for you to own. Or you could be you know, training a child in firearms use. I know I had a BB gun before um, anything else. Uh, varmint control, maybe a little cheap, quiet, indoor entertainment uh, target practice during those long winter months. At Pyramid Air, they have just a whole range of different types of air guns. I recently got one of their most powerful ones called the Dragon Claw, which is a 50 caliber air gun that can take down a deer. Um, I mean, it's an incredible uh, device. And you can get one of those or something, you know, a little smaller, whatever, whatever works for you. Their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. They did it with me. They'll spend the time with you. You can get 10% off of any air gun there, at uh, or free shipping, whichever is more, with coupon code FTL11. Go now, view the amazing Dragon Claw at airgun.freetalklive.com, and peruse the site. See the amazing air guns and accessories they have there for you. It's airgun.freetalklive.com. We're going to continue here in a bit. Mark, you're going to share some more war stories uh, with us, specifically from the six hours between when the armistice was reached back in, uh, was it 1918, you said? Yes. Uh, Back on 11-11-1918 to the time when the war actually ended, which was, again, from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. And so you'll share some more of that with us here, Mark. It's apparently some pretty amazing stuff. But first, we go to Frank listening in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Eddie Free and Mark. Ah, good evening. Frank, what's on your mind? Well, I just thought I'd recollect a little bit of uh, what I, you know, encountered today okay. in New York. Um, you know, since it is the... Armistice Day, Veterans Day, and since we're ready to go to war in Iran, uh, I just thought, you know, we need some intense meditation and sort of thought. And I ran across, you know, three vets going for a free meal at Applebee's. One was from the Korean War with his wife, who was disabled. One was from the Vietnam War, who was disabled to some extent, and the last person was from uh, the first Gulf War that uh, Bush 41 instituted in, uh, I guess, uh, January of 1991. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because, in a sense, the recollections were the greatest tragedy, you know, is the wars that we've been fighting that really have meant nothing. Uh, I guess every one of these vets, after they came back, uh, having lost, you know, some part of their body, uh, understood the futility of war. And, you know, the sad thing is that, you know, for these veterans, you know, they've had a, a very hard life after their service in the military. And to, you know, see them uh, going to Applebee's for the free meal to celebrate their uh, you know, the Veterans Day, was kind of sad. But they all had this one comment, and the comment was, there was no reason to go to war in Afghanistan or Iraq. The government lied to the people for political ends. We're fighting wars of proxy for other countries' interests, not our own. And these are in violation of American law and international law, but no one is able to bring uh, this to any court of justice. 
And I thought that was kind of interesting because the ages ranged from, I guess, maybe close to 80 down to uh, 40. Mm-hmm. And it was just very moving and touching. And they asked me if I wanted to join them, you know, uh, for lunch, at, for dinner at Applebee's. And I, you know, said I would like to, but I couldn't, which I couldn't. But, uh, you know, I just gave them some money for a dessert and a drink, you know, on me. So today was, wasn't today was, some day where veterans could go and get free meals at a bunch of different places? Yeah, it is. And I guess if you have your military service card or you're wearing your uh, American Legion hat, you know, the details of the war you were in, uh, Applebee's was giving free meals to the vets and their, you know, families, which I thought was very nice. But the sad thing is... Uh, it's always when it's too late, when something is lost, or when one is blind that you really can see what's happening. And yeah, it's unfortunate. Again, and it's... again, there was no ideology, you know, saying, oh, we were fighting in Korea to prevent the communists from taking over, or the same rhetoric in Vietnam. It was just basically that they were screwed, their generation was screwed, and they all feel bad about those who didn't return, as well as those... Sure enemy combatants that they killed or and, that they, and they all found out too late you know great the uh, call frank thanks for making it tonight appreciate that and who could disagree with any of those points yeah you know i i wonder i have a good friend who is in um you know he's in, in a nursing home now he's a world war ii vet mm-hmm. and he is a quaker peace activist he's out there every single saturday on Keene central square doing the peace vigil with uh, you know so many other activists here in Keene, and he uses his uh, card in order to get free bus rides in Keene. And I, I have no animosity towards him whatsoever. I just kind of always wonder, you know, um, if, if one goes under this flag of veteran to get something for free, you know, is it a thank you? And if it's a thank you, what's it a thank you for? I, you know, th- these things are, th- these aren't things that I, I'm not reprimanding anyone here. These are questions that I have in my own mind um, that I'm trying to work out for myself. And it, it just, I don't know, it, it, it always kind of. Are you asking whether the restaurant is thanking the veterans? If it is a thank you, and I think that a lot of people interpret it that way, what is a Certainly thank you for? Certainly seems like the marketing behind it. What's the thank you for? Well, they've probably the cliche, thank you for your service, as but though what the, they've done has served any of us. According to Frank, these veterans that he talked to didn't feel like this was service to anyone for anything. Sure, sure, but that doesn't mean you know, you're going to turn down a free meal. Yeah, I wouldn't turn down a free meal either. <laughs> and, you know, this is, it's just kind of this, I don't know, it sticks in my mind and I don't know what to do with it. Well, I suppose if you were grumpy enough, you as a veteran could call everybody out that ever said thank you for your service and then, you know, try to teach them a lesson at that uh, that point in time. But maybe it's just not worth it to them. A friend of mine was a chaplain at a Catholic uh, hospital. He was actually a Quaker, a chaplain at the hospital, which is kind of an unusual thing altogether. And he told me a story about a veteran who, um, you know, on Veterans Day, they uh, they would come and put little flags in the rooms. And this guy was in a hospital room and they put a flag up um, on his room and he, you know, quietly took it down, Hmm. didn't say anything. And then uh, somebody, you know, came by and noticed there was no flag. So they put another another flag um, and the the veteran, you know, came out with clenched teeth and said, look, I'm never going to. I'm not going to tell you this one more. I'm not going to tell you this one more time or something like that. You know, the, I'm just trying to remember my friend's yeah. face when he told this. And, you know, just the absolute abject anger in this vet's face over having an American flag put on his door. Wow. He was livid. And the reason that he was livid is he felt that many of his friends fought and died for nothing. 
And or he as saw Midley- it. Like, he saw the stinking, bloating bodies. He saw the children blown mm-hmm. into pieces. And so many of the people that, uh, you know, the tears run down their face, they haven't seen this aspect of war. They see young men in, in um, you know, military uniforms with shining buttons and airplanes zooming overhead in formation. And Qu- to them, that's what it means. Quite often, it, it's folks that have never served in the military that seem to have this military fetish. You know, people like Chicken Sean Hops. Hennedy, people like Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's it. And, it, and it's sickening. They just just like you had said, they never experienced seeing uh, bodies in front of them. So it's easy to uh, to uh, shout the mantra and and wrap themselves in the American flag and the cross, and and it's really sad. And, and people fall for it every every day. And uh, recruiting, especially with the economy coming down. Uh, you know the economy now. More and more young people are joining, and it's sure. it's, it's really scary when we when we hear the saber rattling and the economy crashing. Well, one like of the things that you mentioned, the young people. One of the things I'd like to do is uh, is some counter recruiting, and there was talk about doing that today, but then we realized it's a federal holiday, so. We didn't really think the recruiting office would be open. I wonder. I mean, isn't this a really great day to do we, some recruiting, though? I somebody mean, should have checked it out. It. I don't know if anybody actually did. But uh, there are some flyers that we found from the American Friends Service Committee. It's a Quaker organization. Yeah, they've been around a long time. And they're pretty good. I mean, they're not maybe the ideal, most principled, liberty-oriented flyer. you got to have flyer. something. If you don't have something, you got to you know. But it's a pretty sh- it's a pretty decent flyer. A- what was it? American Friends Service Committee. AFSC.org. AFSC. American Friends Service Committee dot org is where you can go to get some of their their counter recruitment flyers. But ultimately, I don't know where and when the best time would be to do such a thing. Like, when's the best time to reach young people that are at risk of joining the military? Is it just stand outside the school on any old day? More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airways. We're here. It's Veterans Day. That doesn't mean we took the day off because, well, to me, it's it's just another day like any other day. And besides that, I think that people who listen to the radio deserve to have live content every day of the week. Doesn't matter to me if it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. We're going to be here on a daily basis, seven nights a week, to talk to you about whatever's on your mind. That's the point of this program. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is the number that's toll-free. It's brought to you by SACL CAI, one 855 Four five zero three seven three three. Here with you tonight, it's Ian, Eddie Free, and Mark. Eddie Free joining us, special from uh, Washington D.C., the belly of the beast. You've escaped for at least for a weekend, and then just uh, for a few days, as often as I can, <laughs> I'm up here. And it's then parole. next year, yeah, you were you were here what? Maybe a month ago? I five was. Weeks? Uh, I came and uh, visited you at the uh, jail. That's right. Yeah, so it's good to have you back. Nice to see you uh, from the outside perspective here. And uh, you're going to make the move to New Hampshire permanently, probably in the springtime. You're sticking around uh, for the winter in uh, D.C. to, I guess, save up some cash That's for the right. move. That's right. Build up a bit of a nest egg it's before a smart I move. come. It's a smart idea. In fact, some have accused uh, us, or me specifically, but I think Free Talk Live in general, of 
portraying the idea of moving to New Hampshire as this easy thing that uh, you can just on a whim just come on up here. And I'm sorry, that's that's never been the case. I've Jeez. always recommended that that people be prepared for a move. Yeah, I can't imagine where they got that from. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you know, well, maybe we need to watch how we speak. But I no, it's know. just a crazy troll easy. that 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 uh, accuses us of that. Well, okay. this is a you know, it's a it's a volunteer society, and uh, there's no welfare here, so <laughs> it's, it's not so a volunteer put up society. Up. And there is welfare here. However, we don't recommend you necessarily take it. You know, yeah. the 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 path of a person who is responsible for their own actions um, is one that they they pay their way. So we're going to continue here. Uh, we've been talking about Veterans Day, which originally was Armistice Day, and uh, and you were specifically talking about Armistice Day in 1918, Mark, at uh, the 11th month, 11th day, 11th hour, but actually the armistice was reached at the 5th hour. It was uh, 5 in the morning, yep. and then six hours later, the war ended. You're going to tell some more stories here. In fact, do you have one that we could share quickly, yep. and we'll get back to calls? Sure. Uh, but uh, share one of these stories of some of the, the fighting that continued, even though the war was technically over. These are the, the sort of the last men to die um, among among the last men. Now, remember, there were 11,000 casualties and almost 3,000 men died on that last day of the war. In that six hours? Right. Austin Trebuchon was the last Frenchman to die when he was shot on his way to tell fellow soldiers that hot soup would be served after the ceasefire. He was killed at 1045. Remember, mm-hmm. it ended the 11th hour on the 11th day. So he was killed 15 minutes before the war ended because he was t- going to tell his buddies, hey, there's going to be hot soup when this is over. But bam! He's dead. Now, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, Augustine Trebuchon, whose mother, and I don't know her name, uh, I wonder what it was like for her if she ever got to hear this story about how her son died serving his country, about how he wore the uniform with pride and, you know, his life was forfeit for something greater because I don't think it was. Surely I think there, it was a pointless loss. Yeah, surely you're right that the, whatever story was told was some embellished thing that, uh, you know, your son died for freedom. And thank goodness he was there. And uh, we're so sorry about what happened. But if they really were, you know, if they really did care about these people, this, these soldiers, they wouldn't send them into harm's way and, unless it was absolutely necessary. It's the and, soldier's responsibility to some extent, too. I'm going to go out there and say the guy who shot Austin Trebuchon is a murderer. That guy shot a man. Um, now he, he didn't even have the excuse of war at that point. It was going to end in fifteen minutes, and they were just, you know, let's just take some shots here. Well, right, we got fifteen minutes left to kill people legally, right? Yeah. So the the psychos were going to kill right up to the very end. And I've seen so many posts on Facebook uh, honoring our soldiers for wearing the uniform of their country, and blah 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 blah. You know. A veteran killed my uncle in 1943 or whatever in the you know Battle of the Bulge in France. Mm. A veteran killed my uncle. You mean like a, a German veteran? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a veteran. Why aren't their vet? Why are our veterans great and their veterans stink? Is it because the United States won? Is that the reason? It depends well, because, on what team you're on. Right. That's what it all comes down to. I just don't think that wearing a uniform um, and doing what politicians who, you know, many at this point claim, especially right now um, in America, uh, you know, Congress that is at an all time low, uh, you know, a bunch of thieves and liars. Tax dodgers and and uh, diddlers and and all kinds of just yucky things that go on there in Washington D.C. I don't think uh, they doing, know what's best. Doing what they say, whether you question or not. Some gentleman called in earlier and said that qu- soldiers question a lot, and then they go ahead and do it. Yeah, and I don't know how sad. much values that that um, that is, but it's I suppose some value. But going and doing what these politics, if you're doing the work of liars, thieves, cheats, child diddlers, and murderers. You're no better than them. You're no better. 
than them. I mean, I I understand why people got tricked. You're I certainly was going to to join the military. I if considered I had the it as well. Absolutely, as a younger person. But one needs to, and and I'm not saying you're bad if you did this. What I'm saying is take a look newly at the facts, and maybe you'll come to a different conclusion. Take the jingoism, put it aside, take the thanks of an adoring public that hasn't thought about this, put it aside, mm. and think about this. Yeah, I think I think that uh, those are very prescient. 855-450-FREE is the number here. 855-450-3733. Let's talk... Hmm? Oh, you got a call? Is okay. there more about this uh, story? No, 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 Trebuchon's done, but I mean, I've got right, another well, story about Well, the... hold that other story. Let's talk to Con- uh, Conrad first in Fargo, North Dakota. Conrad, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Conrad, you're on the air. Go ahead. I just delivered a pizza. Yes. Excellent. Um, Thank you for your service, call? Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I get tipped. Real service gets rewarded with real money from real people, not Good taken point. by force, theft, or fraud. Yep, because if you are providing a valuable service, people will show you that they value you by rewarding you for it. Great point. And they do ever so much. Um, I actually wanted to call about something else. I wanted to talk about uh, racism. Okay. And uh, in general, we'll respond to Scott the Bigot, who I, I feel you just uh, a little cruel to, but I did actually want to be um, on the opposite side of Scott and attack his views. So, oh, Scott can handle it. He's been calling the show for years. <laughs> and uh, well, I, you know, I, I think you guys are just a little too intolerant of racism. I mean... Um, I don't want I don't want anybody to tune into this show and think for a moment that uh, we're tolerant of racism on this program. I well, it, it's, I, I get that. It's, it's your show, I guess. If you it's don't like it's racism, only tolerating. You, you know, we're only tolerating it for the you know the purpose of excoriating it. I mean, that's all. Well, and I I came to the ideas of liberty by arguing against the neo Nazi because I I was uh, what you might call kind of a leftist, mm-hmm. and what I realized is that we share the same premise. I knew he was wrong, and I had to argue against him, and we we shared the same premise, and we both had to be right under that premise, and the premise is that if you can prove it's for the greater good, then so be it, and he had all these statistics, and I mean, it's true that black people commit more crimes, they're more violent, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, on the whole, on the average, and my point here uh, about racism is to say that even though that's true, um, what you're talking about is that one in 100,000 white people kill people, and one in 50,000 black people kill people. But the fact of the matter is is that that statistic is so minute that if you're going to be basing how you interact with people based on such minuscule odds, you are bad as crazy. Well, I don't know and if I believe that. I think, I think that we need to look a little closer at the statistic because I would say odds are good that black people tend to be of a lower socioeconomic strata in more desperate life circumstances and thrust into uh, careers like drug dealing, for instance, more, more so often than you know uh, white people. So if you factor in poor whites versus poor blacks, I bet you'll find that uh, the rates of killings are about uh, closer. To or they the certainly same. get closer. Yeah. Sure, but it's not a point you really need to argue because here, here's the big picture. They would say, yeah, but they're poor because they're black. And so then you get into some kind of minutiae you don't need to when really the big picture where you shut them down, even if you give them fine black, black people are twice as likely to commit crime, what does it matter if, if it's unlikely to happen by a human being at all? Black or white, it doesn't matter. When you meet that person, you don't judge them based on the 
one in 50,000 chance. Or, I certainly hope not. Or you ask them, are you a person? And they say yes. And, well, okay, are black people people? And they say yes. Okay, would you like to be judged based on the statistics of what other people's actions are? Is that fair? And I think it's not. Conrad, if you want to come back, share some more thoughts, you're welcome to do so. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number. We're here live. It's a Veterans Day edition of Free Talk Live. You can share your stories, your interactions with veterans. Maybe you are a veteran, your reflections on war, your involvement in the military. It's all welcome here. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. Free Talk Live. Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you could have only one. It's the perfect lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. Live, you are invited to take control of the airwaves this Veterans Day edition of the show. The number is the same as always, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. Eddie Free. And Mark. Eddie Free, our token veteran uh, for the evening, and we'll continue with more Veterans Day-related coverage here in a moment. Of course, you can also bring up whatever's on your mind. Mark, tell me about Liberty Stickers. Well, Liberty Stickers, uh, they, they produce all kinds of stickers with Liberty messages. I like to go over there and just take a look at them, uh, read the messages. They're very clever. As a matter of fact, they'll take your suggestions for Liberty messages, too. It's libertystickers.com. You can get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. You can do it from the back of your car. LibertyStickers.com. I've got one, and I can tell you, people comment on that bumper sticker. Um, I've got people that drive by and give me a little peace sign and that kind of mm. thing. And, and what does it say? It, it says that, uh, let's see, Barack Obama has uh, fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. Yeah. And it's very clever, and it doesn't take a side in the political debate, but at the same time, you know, advocates for peace. And I think it's, uh, I think it's a powerful sticker. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's LibertyStickers.com. Let's continue with Cargo, or Cargo, Conrad listening in Fargo. <laughs> cargo listening in Fonrad. Go ahead, Fonrad. Hey, what's going on, guys? Conrad, what else I, did you uh, want to share tonight? Yeah, well, you know, I was delivering pizza, so I figured I'd hold on and uh, reveal my big secret. I don't know if you remember Takeshi. Long remember ago, what? Called into the show. Oh, Takashi. He is I. Oh, my goodness. I am he. Yes. <laughs> My wife is Japanese, and I spent uh, about a year and a half in Japan, and so I can do the Japanese voice. Yeah, so uh, we got trolled pretty good, huh? Very <laughs> well. I don't know what to do with this skitter, but uh, I can pretend uh be Japanese. Very good, very good. Now, Takashi, what can you recap what Takashi was or who Takashi was? Okay. I'm sorry? Delivering a pizza right now. I, I, I was. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for your uh, service. <laughs> Say again. I'm sorry. We laughed over top of you. Oh, it was that good of a delivery. He's man. gone. Let's continue with Brian listening. Man serving in, the public, you know. Yeah, he's busy, serving busy America. Man. He's making us freer, at least fuller, if nothing yeah, else. I appreciate it, man. I, we always, we've always had an appreciation for the uh, the pizza dudes in our listening audience. I, and for me, anybody who drives for a living, because it's dangerous work. 
And it does not get uh, you know talked about. If you look at the most dangerous job statistics, drivers, man, drivers, absolutely, they can be drivers. walking into a robbery every time. It's true. That stuff happens, and it's really scary too. I mean, it, you've got to be a desperate crackhead to rob a pizza delivery dude because you're going to get what twenty bucks out of it, thirty bucks. Of course, that's usually enough for a crack rock. So yeah. that's what happens. Let's continue here with uh, Brian listening in our very own Keen, New Hampshire. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys. Hey, Brian. Now, this is the, uh, the one of the newer movers up here, yes? Yes, indeed. I happen to know that you are Jewish. How do you feel about all this uh, you know, bigotry that, I don't know if you've heard the whole show tonight, but some jackball was claiming that uh, you know Jews control 90% of the media, and of course we've heard these claims that uh, you're all in on it together. Have you been to the initiations uh, ceremony yet uh, to kind of get in on all this deal? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a 33rd-degree Mason as well, actually. No. <laughs> and you're um, in the media, yeah. correct? Yeah. No, you're uh, an international um, banker. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah actually, I, I, I owned a bank in New York, and since I moved here, I lost it. So, no. <laughs> uh, Lehman Brothers. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, well, I will comment on that quickly. Uh I, I was a veteran. I, I served in Iraqi Freedom. I was over there, and uh, honestly, the the Muslims over there, the Arabs in general, were far more to. And, and I had a, a stainless steel star David, you know, around my neck. I mean, that that hung out pretty prominently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were more afraid of the American flag on my arm than they were of the star of David. Uh, sure. Well, m- Muslims are, uh, you know, it, uh, when I was reading the Quran, it did not have any animosity towards uh, Jewish people no, or Christians at no, all. Not a, in fact, it's quite respectful. We're, we're just called people of the book. Correct. Uh, and, yeah, so so that, that's really a misnomer. And, and, and equally in this country, I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I am from New York, uh, and, and most Jews there, and there's lots of them, they could even ask that they could care less about the state of Israel I mean, they really could. The people that seem to really care about the state of Israel are the fundamentalist Christians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it tends and, to be. and they're nuts about it. You know well, what I mean? The, the, I'd the say Jews that both care. both groups tend to have a strong support for Israel when you when you start digging in. But I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that your experience isn't relevant. I'm just saying that I've met a lot of Jews that have a lot of a deep concern for the state of Israel. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, myself. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of a two minds on it. I mean, I have a concern for Israel, not the state. Because <laughs> I'm anti-state, uh, but but yeah, it, but really, I mean, the people that really trumpet the horn are, are the fundamentalist Christians. I mean, it blows my mind, and then they look at you, and, it, and it's so funny growing up because you know you mentioned that you're Jewish and you run into one of these people. I mean, and 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 you know, I don't consider myself any better than anybody else. But boy, if they don't treat you like you are, I mean, they oh you're a Jew, oh yeah, Jesus was a Jew, oh ooh, ooh, you know what I mean, and, and they, I mean they practically almost fall on their knees. Well, it's you know, probably better than it's are... probably better than bra- blaming you for the crucifixion, as if you had anything to do with the actions of uh, people two thousand years ago that may or may not have actually occurred. We're not one hundred percent sure of that. Well, that that accusation helped to bring about the uh, the anger and animosity towards the Jewish people in Germany. Yeah. So, Brian, what else were you calling uh, about tonight? Well, I just you know, as a veteran, I, I just wanted to state that uh, if I could, if, if anyone was, if, if there was a veteran society who was going to take a vote on the matter. I'd like to transfer today to be a, a day for uh, a day off and a day of remembrance for truck drivers, uh, because honestly, they've done far more. Mark's a big proponent. Of this. I love truck drivers. I mean, I'm I am not ashamed to say I love truck drivers. I think they do uh, do an incredible service. 
And they've got a dangerous job. Yeah, I mean, they put their lives on the line. They do the whole business, I mean, way more. (laughs) You know, uh, I I just think those are the people that need to be celebrated. (laughs) They're America's uh, cowboys, that's for sure. Hey, thanks for the call uh, tonight, Brian. appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. They are the ones that are... Uh, you, literally, they're keeping America moving. They're moving products all over the place, uh, all around the world, and uh, professional drivers, really, where would we be without them? I mean, they're incredible. They're the life's blood of the economy, in many ways, the economy in this country. one eight five five four fifty free is the toll-free number here, and I'm sure a lot of them are veterans as well, by the way. I'm sure. Uh, 855-450-3733. And I was talking with, uh, I think I was talking with one recently, about how much different... It is today. The, to be a professional driver today, as opposed to decades ago, year after year, the federal government and state governments get more and more encroached upon their, their every business. Every time you see uh, – every time – I was driving back from um, this trip uh, that we went to out of uh, New Jersey, and on the way there and on the way back, every time I saw a cop, I think – of the four cops I saw, three of them had trucks pulled over. Mm-hmm. They have found that this is the easy way to get the easy money, uh, is going after the trucks. Right, because there's so much. There's weight on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, so much to a vehicle lights- like that, that there's so many things that could go wrong, so many tickable offenses. So, yeah, they pick on the truck drivers. Yep. And they know they're transient. They're they're not going to stay in the area yep, to go to court, it. so they can't fight the ticket, so they're just going to cut the check. They know that, and they pick on people like that. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. And the driver can't put his license at risk. That's his livelihood. It's what he does. So they look down, sigh, and Oftentimes they'll, do uh, what they're told. avoid the, the points and just pay the ticket. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. and It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free. It's a Veterans Day edition. We're here live taking your calls, so you don't have to talk just about veterans or or war and your thoughts or your reflections. Maybe you are a veteran. You want to reflect on your experience in the military. You can do all those things, or you can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number is, again, brought to you by SACL CAI, and it is 855-450-FREE. And speaking of SACL CAI, what's yes. all that about? Well, um, actually, I wanted to give you a little message from Jason Osborne. This is a uh, quote from his Facebook today. Dear folks who make an honest living trading with others on a consensual basis, thank you for your service. That's from Jason Osborne, one of the principals at SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Good stuff. Our number here again, 855-450-FREE. Mark, you've been sharing uh, throughout the evening here tonight some stories uh, from Armistice Day after uh, 5 a.m. on 11-11-18, the uh, 28, or not 2018, 1918, uh, they at 5 a.m. decided that it, all right, war's going to be over in six hours at 11. 
and what happened between the, those times is what you're sharing with us. Yeah, these are some stories of what frankly seem like just uh, pointless wastes of life. Um, you know, and I people will call this service, and to me, the service is done every day by most of the people listening to this show that go out and do exchange goods and services for uh, money in the marketplace, those are the people that are helping to build a great nation. Uh, those are the people who are helping to, you know, the next generation. Those are the people that are truly fighting for freedom, if you want to use the term fighting. I mean, they're, they're, they're moving forward in a, pa- in, a, in, in a fashion that is peaceful. The last British soldier to die on 11-11-1918 was George Edwin Ellison of the 5th Royal Irish Lancers. He was killed earlier that morning at around 9.30 a.m. while scout, get this, Ian, scouting on the outskirts of Mons, Belgium. What in the heck are they scouting for when the war is going to end in an hour and a half? Scouting for people to kill in the next hour and a half. I guess they are. I mean, use up the rest of that ammunition. Go hide in a hole. I mean, and you're absolutely, Eddie. You're referring to earlier in the uh, the, the the story here. A different they, story. Yeah, they actually that <laughs> the artillery guys were shooting ammunition off when they heard about the the you know the war ending, so they didn't have to carry it away. Yep. I mean, it's crazy talk. So this guy died, uh, you know, scouting. Uh, for, I guess, a, a foothold against the Hun in the next hour and a half. <laughs> the final Canadian, and this is the guy that I believe to be the, uh, he is credited in, in many cases as being the, the, the last guy to die. The final Canadian and Commonwealth soldier to die, uh, George Lawrence Price, was killed just two minutes before the armistice to the north of Mons in a wow. allied trench at 10.58 a.m. to be recognized he was the last killed with a monument to his name. And, you know, he was just going through and a sniper bullet caught him, you know, caught his head above the, you mm. know, just, just kind of looking out. Now, remember, in many places, the, the, the shooting had died down, um, that people were, uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, just getting ready for the end of the war. This guy peeps up, takes a look and pock, some murderer kills him. Oh, uh, it's not murder until the war's over, Mark. Fine. Um, well, that's what they would say. Let, here's the, here's a, a little story about the the, the fellow that uh, the last U.S. guy to die here. It's, it's not murder when you're doing what you're told by the politicians, right? When you're told by politicians and other um, shiftless. Then it's a legalized taking of life. The U.S. Army Private Henry Gunther stood up during a lull in the machine gun fire and charged the enemy. Germans stared in disbelief, says the Daily Express. They had been told that morning that the fighting was about to stop. In a few minutes, they'd stop firing and go home. So why was the American charging at them with his bayonet drawn? They shouted at him to stop frantically and tried to wave him back, but he hadn't heard anything of the ceasefire. A German Unter um, released a five-round burst and Uner, Uner, maybe Gunner, Gunner, there's a G missing. (laughs) And the soldier lay dead at 10.59 a.m. In his recently published 11th month, 11th day, 11th hour, U.S. military historian Joseph Perisco notes that the Private Gunter had previously been a sergeant but was demoted after an army censor read his letter to a friend back home urging him to steer clear of the war at all costs. Gunter, who was in no man's land, and when the ceasefire arrived, had been trying to prove himself worthy of his sergeant rank. Doesn't that put it at the very last second? Yeah, he someone was, was killed. He, right? He's got he's got a, a the very last second to to the to the, the supposed ending. Yes, they they couldn't believe it. They didn't understand why this guy was charging. They just had to get you know kill him. I mean, what? Uh, lots of people died by bayonets at that time. And what are you going to do? 
this guy was just he was heartbroken that he had lost rank for telling a friend that he didn't think it was a good idea and that's that and I mean, it's it's he was killed 60 seconds before the armistice came into force while charging the astonished German troops who were aware the armistice was nearly upon them. The last reported German casualty occurred after the 11 a.m. armistice. That's a Lieutenant Thomas in the Moose Argonne sector. Pardon me if I don't my, my French isn't great in here. Went to inform approaching American soldiers that he and his men would be vacating houses that they had been using as billets. However, he was shot by soldiers who had not been told about the ceasefire. Hmm. Was this uh, Thomas's mother? Was he? Was she proud of his service? Did she take a flag, fold it into a triangle, and hold it against her bosom and tell herself how you know much how what a great sacrifice that her son made for the fatherland? I doubt it. I think that she probably just thought it was a fruitless waste of her son's life, that he died for nothing. one 450 free is the phone number here, 855-450-3733. Fast forward to today, where the U.S., maybe you heard the news a few weeks ago that, uh, hey, the troops are going to leave Iraq. Finally, Obama has come through on his promise to pull the troops out, and this is great news. See, he really is for peace after all. Remember that news story? Yes. Well, according to the New York Times, maybe it's not quite as it seemed. The Obama administration plans to what they call bolster the American military presence in the Persian Gulf after it withdraws the remaining troops from Iraq this year, according to officials and diplomats. So if for a moment you thought those troops were coming home, surprise, surprise, they've got other plans for them. Looks like I won a bet. Did you? I did. And who, what was the bet? Who was no, the bet was that they won't be leaving, that it's not going to end. Well, we so, already uh, know that, that uh, from Iraq that they're still going to leave troops behind. Right. Well, well you, you don't build bases the size of the Vatican to pull out just after to 10 leave them years. Alone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to staff that stuff. And even if it's, uh, you know, non-military contractors, I mean, guys with guns, <laughs> I mean, it right. looks a lot like the military. You still have men in fatigues or whatever with guns. They're still, yeah, they're wearing still US kill flags. the same. Yeah. And they're still wearing U.S. flags on their shoulders. The repositioning could include new combat forces in Kuwait, because it worked real well the last time the U.S. was in Kuwait, and to respond to a collapse of security in Iraq or a military confrontation, or rather able to respond, uh, in a military confrontation with Iran. And of course, as we mentioned earlier tonight, this uh, Romney character is uh, advocating for the invasion of Iran if he gets elected. And there was also news a little while back about Kane, who was just chomping at the bit to kill all the Muslims in the world, you know, start up some kind of a crazed holy war. He said something to the effect that uh, anyone that messes with Israel messes with the U.S. Nice. The plans under discussion for months gained new urgency after President Obama's announcement that uh, last that the last American soldiers will be brought home from Iraq by the end of December. Ending the eight-year war was a central pledge of... How long did uh, World War I last? Wasn't that like a year? Well, the United States involvement? A little over a year. Just, just Blackjack Pershing didn't want, to ha- didn't want to even start fighting until they had a million boots on the ground in Europe. Ending the eight-year war in Iraq was a central pledge of his presidential campaign, but American military officers and diplomats, as well as officials of several countries in the region, worry that the withdrawal could leave instability or worse in its wake. Because the Middle East is so stable, thanks to the United States government. I mean, everywhere they go, they just bring stability by bombing uh, water treatment facilities and destroying homes. Because nothing says stable like a home that's on fire. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry to laugh. It's true, though, right? Right. They just the, the idea that things are more stable now because some madman was evicted from his seat of power in Iraq is just fantasy. Okay, yeah, they got Saddam well, Hussein, but what I, did they leave in their wake? So people, you know, the stability is something that people claim until they don't want it anymore. Um, stability isn't worth stability if stability means tyranny in a way that they don't want it. I mean, that's what the claim is. I don't think that Saddam Hussein was a good I, a good guy, and I'm not going to support what he did. Um, I, however, I don't think that you go, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, bad action fixes bad action. More coming up here, your thoughts. Welcome, 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts on war? Maybe you're a veteran? 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. The Veterans Day edition of the program. We're here live with you tonight and in the studio. It's Ian. Eddie Free. And Mark. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system there. It is our forum. It has been, within the last month or so, re, uh, reworked. More moderators have been uh, added on board. They've been given more leeway to uh, to moderate, use their moderator powers, uh, because it had been an experiment that didn't really work out. The experiment was that it should be in a, a virtually unmoderated place. And that meant that it turned into kind of a mess because when you combine anonymity with lack of moderation, well, you get a troll zone and it didn't really work out very well. So after probably waiting too long to do anything about it, uh, I finally did make some changes there. And you'll find that one of the major changes with the BBS is that now you can moderate your own thread in that if you post something on there and somebody posts something undesirable in response, get rid of it. You can just delete it. It's not a problem. So go and uh, see some of the changes that have been made over at bbs.freetalklive.com. As before, it is completely free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Liberty Forum is February the 23rd through the 26th. It's one of the largest liberty gatherings in the world, and you can be part of it. It'll be at the elegant Nashua Crown Plaza. So for As this, it has been for the last several years. Yep, indeed. Uh, the, I guess the first one was at a different place, but since yeah. then it's been, uh, you know, it's a nice big venue and you can do lots there. So far, our speakers include Joel, Joel Salatin, author of You Can Farm, Clark Neely from the Institute for Justice, Jack Spurko, a survival expert, and Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government. And just announced John Lott uh, from the uh, the book More Guns, Less Crime. Great oh, book. Interesting. Yeah. I that's read a, it from cover to cover. That's a classic book. It's a very influential piece, and he's going to be speaking there, too. Very heavy in statistics, but very thorough. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can sign up with coupon code FTL2012. What's the discount for that? 10% off the already low early bird prices. It is. It is low. Yeah, and you get it off the, the early bird price. So this is going to be another opportunity for you to escape from Washington, D.C., uh, Eddie Free, and come up. Are you planning on visiting the Liberty Forum? I'm not sure about that one yet. Oh, you don't want to. If you can, if you can afford it, it's something you don't want to miss. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right, I have yet. uh, I've experienced uh, two pork fests. Right, but never Um, a liberty forum. No, not a liberty forum. You got to do it, man. Imagine pork fest in a hotel. 
Oh wow, that sounds like absolute chaos. It's not <laughs> quite the same. One year they had a uh, a drum circle in the middle of this more than once. Hotel. Beautiful. Two years in a row they had the drum circle. Oh, if I'm hilarious! Not mistaken. It's yeah. good stuff. Love so. it. Uh, go on over to it's not all shenanigans though no. great, lots of great speakers freestateproject.org slash liberty forum it is more organized than, than Porkfest there's more of an itinerary of, of stuff to do uh, and obviously it's more of a hotel kind of uh, convention style but it is a lot of fun it's, it's a lot of the same people from Porkfest in a hotel for a weekend so it's, it's a great time a great excuse to come up and visit New Hampshire right in the middle of the dead of winter at uh, freestateproject.org slash liberty forum of course we will take your phone calls about anything we're talking about how looks like they're not bringing the troops home after all well you didn't really think they were going to did you uh, the news came out several weeks ago about how Obama's he's honoring his campaign pledge. He's pulling troops out of Iraq. And, of course, they're leaving thousands, I believe, what, like 17,000 contractors or something like that yeah. on the ground, uh, contractors with guns. The only reason they're pulling the, the troops out of uh, Iraq is because Obama wasn't able to secure from the Iraqi government complete dispensation of all soldiers uh, in any wrongdoings that they might do. You know, we don't want these guys held responsible for their actions by the government. So the Iraqi people were saying... Yeah, if your troops keep killing people, we're going to bring them up on charges. Well, just whatever they do. I mean, there's been all kinds of you – know, you have people there that aren't responsible for their actions. You're going to get a disproportionately a large amount of crime from those people, right? Exactly. So you, this story goes on to talk about how they're planning on moving the troops into Kuwait, uh, perhaps, and uh, pre- preparing for a military confrontation with Iran. So odds are good. If they come home at all, it's just going to be for a brief vacation, and then they're right back out into the uh, the mix of whatever the politicians are wanting them to do. But sometimes uh, troops are retiring. You know, They're maybe given a discharge due to being injured or whatever. They're, they're taken out of the on-duty status. And then they end up without a home. Uh, Eddie Free, you've got some interesting numbers, uh, information yeah. on that. Yeah, Ian, this is uh, this is from the uh, Veterans Administration. Uh, it basically says here um, the rate at which veterans are more likely than other Americans to become homeless is fifty percent. Mm. Wow, that's that's pretty stunning. You know, I thought. Wait, I thought the VA takes care of these guys. I thought they're supposed to be taken care of for well, the rest I, of their lives. You know, I was injured um, in, in boot camp, and uh, I was sent to the VA, the, the VA and uh, basically, I mean, all that they really gave me were muscle relaxers and painkillers, you know. Dope you up. Yeah, but, and that's, how they, that's basically how their foreign policy is, you know. We, uh, they, they, we chop the enemy in half and then give them a, uh, give them a Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah, but we'll rebuild you after we've destroyed your homes. And yeah, so in this city. case, you know, they they destroyed my arm, they destroyed my shoulder, and uh, and yeah, so they've been kicking me down painkillers and muscle relaxers. They've offered surgery a few times, but every time I would go into the VA, it was a different doctor I saw, and uh, I just I, I don't want somebody cutting into my arm and uh, cutting into the nerves, and I, I just don't trust them. I want I want out of the whole thing, and uh, so I, I stay away from the VA. Well, you don't trust your government. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> so I've heard these stories from veterans before about how they don't trust the doctors in the VA. That's the feeling that you got from these Absolutely. Guys? Absolutely. Um, each time I went in um, and they looked at my shoulder, they had a different idea of how they were going to do that. Oh, boy. A different, it had a different idea of how they were going to fix this thing. And uh, the whole thing was just intimidating. And um, 
it just scared me, and uh, and I just I haven't been back for for years and years. Somebody cutting on your arm is an intimidating Serious. thing. You should take it very very seriously. Just to say, oh well, you know, they're doctors; they must know best. Is abdicating your personal responsibility mm-hmm. for your body because that doctor doesn't have to live with whatever mistake he makes, and in fact. He's not even going to lose any money. He's going to get the same paycheck whether he messes up that operation or not since he works for the government. So are they still prescribing you these pills or you would have to go back there to get the prescription, right? I would have to go back there and I could at any time. But uh, but my shoulders actually, I mean, normally I'm not experiencing pain unless I actually throw it out. And, right. Uh, and uh, then I suffer a little bit. But, but uh, it's not to the point to where I have to go back anymore. So 50% more likely, a soldier, uh, a veteran, is more likely than the average person in America to, to become homeless. 75,000. There's 75,000 homeless people at any given time. Just homeless from vets. The Iraqi, homeless vets. Yeah. Just from the Iraqi war and uh, Afghanistan, there are 20,000. That's huge. 20,000 homeless vets. That's not to mention the suicide rate. Why does that happen? Why are they so much more likely to become homeless? They're so scarred. They're scarred, Ian. I mean, what they see uh, there, it, it, it just, you know, well, today, today we went to, uh, we did the free speech Friday and, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of a special deal. It was dedicated to the, to the Veterans Day. And, right. And uh, we listened to a young man who had fought, I guess he was in Afghanistan. Yeah. And uh, this young man was, you know, what I heard, it, it was sad. It was really sad, his story. Um, but he almost joked joked about it. Um, the fact that he that he loves war, even after you know talking about his experiences and, and knowing that he personally killed innocent people, and uh, and, and the young man just sounded s- scarred to the point though that he didn't even know how damaged he is mentally. On one hand, he was very anti. Some of the things he was saying were very anti-war. Like he realized that he had done wrong. He had killed innocent people. He regretted that, I think. And he talked out – he spoke out against the military. He spoke out against joining the military even though as he did say at one point that he loved war and when asked to uh, embellish on that point, he talked about how he loved that it brought out the animal in uh, in man and and like really kind of relished this idea of the animalistic instinct of man being brought out. Scary. And that was a scary thing to say. But on the other hand, saying that he didn't think that, uh, that you know what was what the government was doing was right and that he he knew that what he had done was not right. Uh, if and- somebody wants to participate in animalistic uh, combat with another person who voluntarily uh, you know enters into that, I'm all for it. Let's televise. It. They have kickboxing. And, right, I, I love reason, kickboxing. Right? And, sure. and yeah, Ultimate Fighter Championship. It's great. But, but when you send the United States military out, where these guys are wearing jackets, you know, flak jackets, and you know, bulletproof uh, vests, and all kinds of armor, and they're up against, uh, you know, and and the best weapons money can buy, the best uh, you know tanks and all this stuff, and they're up against this ragtag bunch of guys who's running around in uh, bed sheets. Uh, you know, I don't know that we're talking about <laughs> sort of a fair fight. Uh, that kind of bugs me. And let's not forget that ninety percent, ninety plus percent of 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 uh, kill deaths in, in the these wars have been innocent life, yeah, innocents. I mean, people people who are non combatants. And a huge amount of these veterans are also offing their own lives. They're taking uh, taking their own lives. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, more, as well, more ve- more um, soldiers are killing themselves than are being killed on the battlefield. And that doesn't even count the ones uh, that have been discharged. We continue here with you. Your thoughts certainly welcome. Uh, join the conversation. We're here live. Veterans Day edition of Free Talk Live. Eight five five. 
free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What's your story? Are you a veteran? It's Free Talk Live. Hour 3 next. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of these airwaves. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on our site there uh, completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Eddie. And Mark. Special guest Eddie Free is here uh, co-hosting with us for the entire evening. And, you know, you took a, an evening off from hanging out with uh, some of the Keniacs, the, the Liberty activists up here, and you, you decided to sit in with us. And, of course, Allie, who's normally on with us on Friday nights, was very gracious to allow you to do that. So. That was. That was sweet of her. It's an honor to be here. You guys uh, led me, it helped me to expand my philosophy on liberty uh, in so many ways. So You've got a great story. I think it's worth telling. Again, I, if our longtime listeners have, have heard it before, I, I imagine – because I know you've told it on the air, but what's your story about coming to the ideas of freedom? I um, started out like a lot of folks. I think you, Ian, at one time would have called yourself an, a, a conservative. Uh, yes, it's true. I would, admit it. I would have. <laughs> admit it. You when were I was a teenager once. and I didn't know any better. When I was in, uh, you know, at, at one point in my life, I was considering getting the Republican elephant, the red, white, and blue one, tattooed on my shoulder. Mm. Wow. I was in the Rush Club when I was in eighth grade. Which means the Rush Limbaugh listening club. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, Rush I, is a great broadcaster, no doubt. He's an entertainer, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> what happened to type behind my back and God he's on a, loan and stuff? Yeah. He's got it. He's full Where's of my Oxycontin? <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, he's a poster child for responsible drug use. That guy did a radio show while high on uh, Vicodins or whatever for years. It's a years. great point. It's yeah. going to be worth something. <laughs> no, he never really took true responsibility for himself. No, I don't think so. So, anyway, continuing your story. Yeah, you know, uh, when I was younger, I was uh, your typical conservative Republican, um, uh, pro-Constitution and uh, anti-illegal immigrant uh, kind of guy. I was a member of an a organization called Border Watch, and we would go to day labor sites, and uh, we'd, we'd stick our American flags in the ground there and have <laughs> our signs, and uh, amnesty is illegal, you're breaking the law. We'd have our cameras out, and we would videotape uh, people coming in for, to hire uh, these immigrants uh, for work, and we'd bust out the cameras and and scare them off, and uh, we'd pick fights with with uh, with these immigrants, and uh, and it was I was Jeez. in a horrible place. I, I was I was like, and how you old were you? Call- um, I was in my early twenties okay. at the time, and uh, I was just in a place where um, I was very angry. I, I was an angry activist. And uh, well, you'd been told things, right? Like, I mean, those them illegals are taking our jobs, taking their germs. Yeah, yeah. And you so, believed it, and I did, and I did. And it could be easy to be angry if if that's something that you believe, right? Right. And and and, and I could, and I could actually see this brown person, and and I could actually, um, you know, he, it was a tangible thing that I could actually hate. 
that I could be angry about, that I could take my anger sure. out on. It's justified. You know, the state, it's, it's a very abstract idea. It doesn't right. exist, but, but I can see this brown person and he's stealing jobs and he's committing crime at a higher rate and, uh, he's on welfare. So, um, I, I took out a lot of anger on them, which I, I, I'm ashamed of. Um, I, I had YouTube videos up of, of picking fights with them and, and, you know, hopefully mm. they're all gone. It'd be a complete embarrassment. Of those videos you made? Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, so, um, you know, that's how it was, though. That's how I was at that time at, at a younger age. And I just saw everything through that, through, um, through Republican and Democrat. Um, uh, now, how old are you now? I'm 38 now. Th- 38 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, it's been quite a journey. So what changed for you? When did things start to change? Well, I I started kind of waking up to to uh, the lie between Republicans and Democrats during Clinton's administration when China Gate came about. Um, we, we had found out that there were illegal, illegal campaign contributions coming from, being funneled from communist China uh, to the DNC. And um, so China Gate was an investigation that was done either by Congress or Senate, and uh, they tracked the money, uh, the illegal campaign contributions. Well, it even uh, traced it to Trent Lott and the Republicans. And so they were getting both point, sides. At that point, China Gate was brushed under the rug. And Monica Lewinsky's story mm-hmm. was was thrown out in front of everyone, and uh, uh, and it was just about the, then it all switched to oral sex, right? Uh, rather than which um, is compelling news, we rather than illegal we- campaign contributions going to the DNC in exchange for missile guiding capability from the United States go- uh, government, yeah. from Loral Space Corporation, Silicon Graphics, Boeing, uh, uh, the exchange of sensitive military technology. Technology was uh, that exchange was facilitated through Clinton and and Gore's administration um, as a as a payback for the illegal campaign contributions from China. Nice. So when I saw that and I saw that the that the, that the Republicans were just as uh, in bed uh, um, as the Democrats with with the with the Chinese and and what I felt was treasonous the enemy the right. enemy um it shattered my ideas about uh, republicanism and and where and and what well, because republicans for a long time have been touting that china's gonna invade they're the next great enemy and they're still touting that uh, today even though there's absolutely no evidence for that not mostly theory. the politicians most that's mostly just sort of the individuals you know there's a big nation that's growing in an economy and um you know there's there's plenty of jingoists out there that believe that's a danger to us and okay so, but you hear yeah. it on the you hear it on talk radio and you hear it in you know re- republican talking circles or whatever that you know china's the big the next great enemy etc and of course there's no evidence uh whatsoever for it so to come to come to the realization that these same republicans who might be saying one thing about china were actually doing a deal with them behind the scenes was a shock to you huh right right and 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 coming back to the illegal immigration issue too these same republicans are hiring these illegal aliens to take care of their kids during the day while they're robbing the rest of americans on capitol hill Mm. it's just all the hypocrisy you know and you guys I, I, i the first time i'd heard you guys um I was like, oh, well, okay, I, I understand a lot. I'm for a lot of what these guys are talking about, but I just I can't They're get crazy. Behind, I can't get behind uh, <laughs> their ideas about this open border oh, stuff. Yeah, and so I put so I put Free Talk Live away for for uh, easy two years. I, I hmm. put you guys away and didn't come back to you. And um, so I, I found myself in D.C. and uh, popped you guys on. 
And after, I'd say, easily six to eight months listening, especially to the Saturday night shows, um, listening to you guys deconstruct the arguments that I held, um, listening to other callers mm-hmm. uh, and their arguments that that I had held, um, and listening to you guys deconstruct it. And um, you know, and Mark, I had called in about this once before. And Mark had made the analogy. He said, "Well, he said, you know, you, you hang around the vortex for so long, the ideas of liberty are going to suck you right in." Yeah. And uh, it's opened up a whole new world for me. Um, my 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 philosophy philosophy on liberty has just expanded to the point of of uh, of just no return. Um, I, I can't go back. I can't go back. I always to wonder where how I was. Can. It takes an acquiring mind, though. I like you know, people will say, "Oh, free talk." Live did this and Free Talk Live did that, and you know the fact is these ideas were around a lot longer than Ian and I, you know, putting together a radio show, and and we just happened to have uh, assimilated them over time, and we spit them back out, and people people get them. But it takes an inquiring mind. It takes the kind of person that's willing to listen to the truth to try on new ideas. It's not like. You know, Ian or I have had these ideas all our lives, so you know nobody's, everybody's gone through different periods of growth, and that's okay. It's the willingness to listen, just to listen. You don't even have to think that something's right if you're listening. Just listen, and then you know, at some point, logic and consistency will uh, win out. And you know, for me. The idea of this whole open border thing, I wasn't on board with that initially. I don't think even Ian was. It was one of my earlier issues that I, I remember years ago taking the world's smallest political quiz, which is something the Advocates for Self-Government put together uh, to help people identify what their political inclinations are. And it really – it's a great quiz because it helps people kind of expand their notion of like, maybe taking the idea of left-right and expanding that to include liberty and include uh, the idea of a, a total authoritarian, for instance. Uh, it's a great little tool. And the original version of the quiz had a question about immigration on it. They've actually removed that now from the current version, uh, I guess because it was too controversial for people. But I remember looking at that and having scored myself on this quiz and gotten like 190 and the 10, 10 points I was missing was this immigration issue – I think I'd maybe answered maybe on it instead of no, but I, I felt like that was an area where I didn't really understand and I needed to learn more about it because clearly I had to be for open borders if I believed in liberty. I just had to understand why and get into the details. 855-453 is a toll-free number. Share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Zero. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And it is the live Veterans Day edition of this program. Joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Eddie. And Mark. Head on over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive with the various different features we have there. You can actually control the content of the site. The different items that you see there on the front page were created by listeners just like you. You, If you find something online that you think is interesting, uh, you can post it over at freetalklive.com. Other listeners can vote on whether or not they like or dislike 
what you've suggested. You get to vote on things as well. The most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. So do head on over there and uh, get interactive. 855-450-FREE is the number. There's actually a story here that I had mentioned a few days back. We never got to it. I think it's worth bringing up here. Uh, It's uh, another, yet another story of the police being caught on camera doing something and getting upset at the camera person and, in fact, taking out their violent tendencies on that person in this particular case. The AP reports, A Boston man has filed a federal lawsuit against the city and four police officers alleging he was beaten after he used his cell phone to record the officers' actions as they were arresting his friend. Maury, I've seen this story. These things happen so often. I am inclined to believe any accusation that a police officer acted inappropriately after finding out that they were being uh, video recorded. All you have to do is go look at photography as not a crime. I believe it's pixic.com. P-I-X-I-Q. You know, use some search engine, look for photography as not a crime, and look at the story after this. I mean, the dozens after dozens after dozens of stories of this happening. Well, this is why it's so important for us to be able to live stream. Yeah, My number one tool as an activist, I tell everyone, it's this. It's my phone, and it's the fact that I'm able to live stream, not just record. And I I always make it a point when I'm dealing with the police that uh, I'm not recording you. I am live streaming you. So you can destroy this phone. You can beat me up, but you're already uploaded, buddy. You are being streamed live to the Internet right now. I I completely agree. That's the best thing to say. And I think that even if it's not true, it's still a good thing to say. Although if you want to cover your bases, you could always say you may be being uh, live streamed right now. I don't know if it – I mean in some places it's it, illegal to, to lie to the cops, I guess. But I don't think in a lot of places. It may very well be um, – uh, you know, something to do in the instance of a crime. Like people often say, well, what do I do if I see – two people fighting or a man beating a woman or whatever this instance is and you think should i jump into this but you know that you don't always know the backstory on every instance maybe this guy who's getting beaten up was actually um you know the guy was trying to get his wallet back from him you never know what the Mm -hmm. story is and putting a camera on the situation and streaming streaming it live can really straighten people up yeah it it really does it'll straighten people right up and you don't have to get involved no broken noses right away that doesn't mean they won't get you won't get involved i mean if you're if you're recording there could they could turn on you they could very well and then the evidence for whatever um you know criminal case is right there but if you were going to jump into the fight, then you're guaranteed right. to. Uh, and then your word is just the same as anybody else's. Yeah. So, I mean, this this bolter, bolsters your case. Maury Polino said in the suit filed in U.S. District Court that one officer punched, kneed, and doused his face with pepper spray while the other officers stood by and did nothing to stop it. Yep. They probably all laughed about it later, too. Paulino, uh, not, and by the way, I say that not based on pure speculation, but the fact that we've seen these cops play back. There have been videos of the cops having meetings after, say, like a protest of some sort where they cracked down on the protesters. I remember it was, uh, I think it was the Miami police squad. Remember the lady in the red yep. dress from a long time and ago? They joke about it. Yeah, shot, they head, were... shot in the head. A, a lawyer, uh, just a regular lawyer lady, shot in the head with a rubber bullet. And um, then, you know, the video coming back and the cops uh, yucking it up it over up. it. And I don't, I'm not going to claim that every police officer feels good about these things, but I am going to claim that there does seem to be just sort of in the general consensus of police departments There's out there. There's a culture of this. A culture of, uh, you know, believing that, that, that 
that they are superior to us, that violence is, uh, you know, it, it, it's okay to beat up innocent people. Well, uh, what was the, the old T-shirt from the police union? I think it was at the, either the DNC or the RNC a, a few years ago. The police union printed was, up a T-shirt that said, we get up early to beat the crowds. It had this leering, uh, kind of this caricature of a police officer on a it. stick in its hand. With a, you know, a, a bludgeon in its hand. And uh, Nothing's the, changed. I, I, I saw a cartoon union. picture from the 1930s, and it was to the same effect. Really? That a, a police officer had his baton, and he was hitting it and uh, making a joke that, hey, there's a protest today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another one um, was recently, it was uh, from a police union that uh, dealt with uh, police officers in schools that says, you breed them, we lock them up, or something like that. Um, I mean, it was just... just it's just hilarious. Right. It's just, so it's know, funny. Just, Human tragedy is hilarious to these people. Yeah. So Paulino, 19 at the time of the November 2009 arrest, said in the suit he sought treatment at a hospital for injuries, including abrasions on his neck, bleeding from his mouth, nose and lips, and a laceration on his scalp. Paulino originally went to the city police station in Roxbury to bail out a friend, according to his lawyers. The friend acted belligerently as he was being released and exchanged heated words with one officer. Paulino started recording when officers allegedly started mistreating the friend outside the station. He was charged with violating the state wiretapping laws and was also charged with resisting arrest, disorderly conduct, and assault and battery on a police officer. All because he dared to pull out his video camera and show these officers for what they were doing. So did they get the video, actually, of this? I mean, because a couple of things that can happen in this instance. The police officers will take, will forget about the video. They won't do anything about it. And you can get it back in your property after getting out of the hospital or jail or whatever and put it up on the Internet. The, the police officers may delete it, and you can use these undelete programs, and you may be able to get the video off that way. Mm-hmm. Or the live stream options with uh, QIK.com, and there's a couple of other programs that you can get on the internet. I use QIK, um, Quick or Kick. I'm not 100% sure what the name of the company is, but I do have the the video. And of course, that then streams directly to the internet, and there's nothing in God's green earth that they can do at that point. They can attempt to uh, get it taken down, but uh, you know the internet tends to propagate itself, and then there's no stopping it. Paulino started recording uh, at the time that the mistreatment happened. His lawyer said he didn't interfere with the police while recording, nor did he curse, threaten, or act aggressively. The suit said a federal appeals court has ruled that it's legal to record police who are performing their official duties in public. But one of the problems with this uh, crap can so-called justice system that we have is that even though the First Circuit Court of Appeals in the Glick decision made it real clear that this sort of thing is legal... It doesn't stop them from charging someone with wiretapping. No, we saw our friend Bo, in fact, after uh, a demo, and uh, Pete from Cotblock.org had uh, taken their case to trial mm-hmm. and won. Uh, the Glick case came through, and then even after that passed, or, or, or that opinion, uh, the Glick case, um, Bo was still arrested, I believe, for the, for the same thing, wiretapping. No, I think you got it off uh, your facts a little bit backwards. If I'm recalling correctly, Bo had, was already charged with wiretapping, and they ended up dropping his charge after, after the Glick okay. case. Thank you. But that doesn't mean that, the, you know, like this points out here, uh, Glick doesn't stop them from continuing. Right. Just, just because they have have this Glick case doesn't mean they're going to just throw up their hands on every count and say, well, we're just not going to go after this guy anymore. Sure. They're going to well, go they after him. They should be sued each time. Well, in the criminal cases, they lose nothing. The police department loses nothing. It's their, it's it's the taxpayer's money that gets spent on this stuff. So if they do something, you know, oh, we've charged him wrong. Sorry about those hundreds of thousands of dollars wasted of taxpayer money and this person's time and uh, God knows what went, out, went wrong in their life by being locked up. Well, I believe this guy is suing he does have uh, lawyers on board here and 
Uh, the suit said appeal, federal appeals. Yeah, so there is a suit involved here. And uh, apparently they did drop the wiretapping charge. And this gentleman was acquitted of all other charges at trial. So he won, but how much time was wasted? DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Take control of these airwaves and dial in toll-free to bring up what you want here on this live Veterans Day edition of Free Talk Live. The number is 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Maybe you are a veteran and you would like to share your experience in the military, a retrospective, your thoughts about your involvement in a gang of people that does as they're told by their political masters. Uh, many people in the military are very, uh, they're sorry for, for what they've done. And uh, as are a number of law enforcement officers who realize that they've done wrong too, in the, perhaps in the enforcement of the war on drugs. Of course, we know that a lot of people from the military end up becoming law enforcement officers, and maybe those are the ones that aren't sorry, because not everybody in the military is sorry for what they've done. Some of them are proud of it. And they're proud of taking innocent life. They enjoy the power trip. And it's sick. Uh, and there's a little bit know, more. Sorry, isn't that kind of a strong word for the, you know, I mean, I, I was thinking about starting, uh, about joining the military. And, you know, I, I'm not really sorry for having thought about it or considered it. I just consider myself to have moved beyond those. Uh, the, that well, you didn't join the military and kill innocent people. That's what they're, some of them are sorry about. It's, Doing what's wrong? Why are these Why are these men killing themselves in such a high number? More of them have been killed from suicide. What's happening over there? Right. What are they doing that's that's making them kill themselves? I, I mean, where, where where do you have to be to get to that point? What 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 horrors? Do? What horrors yeah. have you seen or committed to put you to that point? I, well, you can look at the you, you can look at some of the news reports, the news accounts that have come out over the years, and kind of extrapolate from that. Uh, there was the story when I was in jail. Uh, one of the news stories that I read was about how a, a particular team of killers uh, ended up raiding this residence at one point and shooting five year old and killing a seventy year old woman. And uh, also there was a story about uh, them raping a fourteen year old girl as uh, as well. So I mean, there's all kinds of horrible things. Anytime you have a group of people in an area, you're going to get crime, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to dismiss it. But at the same time, well, especially ones that are completely immune from prosecution, it's something that people that support war need to take into consideration. You need to consider it. Um, are you tired of the recriminating looks that you might get when, say, I don't know, smoking a cigarette around your kid or in a car? Or people might say things about uh, you smoking somewhere. Um, you know, the, I, I saw while I was on the cruise ship, uh, some lady was complaining about the cigar bar. She was sitting next to the cigar bar and complaining about the cigar <laughs> bar. <laughs> and, it's you know, tough to be a smoker. It's right, tough. It is. Well, there's a way to make it a little easier. The e-cigarette. The e-cigarette doesn't have any – you don't have to worry about secondhand smoke because it doesn't smoke it, it's a vaporizer um the there's if, if there's any odor at all it is the faintest of odors and it comes they come all kinds of flavors like cherry vanilla strawberry uh cloves uh, there's some cigarette smells uh, people aren't going to complain about the odor of these things because well they smell like cherries <laughs> you know 
You um, can't even smell them if you're six feet away from somebody. You sure can't. I mean, it's not it's not like a cigarette where you can smell. You know, if no, if somebody if just finishes a cigarette and walks into the room, you know, yeah. that they've been smoking. Or they, if if they smoked in a house in the last forty eight hours, you know, yeah. But um, you can switch to the e cigarette. It's uh, you'll save probably one hundred and twenty dollars a month or so. It uh, feels like smoking. It tastes. Uh, it tastes like smoking, and it's about twenty-two thousand times healthier for you. Vaporsmiths.com has one of the very best vaporizers made on the market today, and they will give you one for free. All you have to do is buy forty cartomizers. Those are the things that contain the nicotine. You screw them onto the vaporizer and um, enjoy your vaporizing pleasure, and you'll get free shipping. All you have to do is use coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and your life's going to change because of this thing. No more standing out in the snow, uh, you know, smoking, going outside, you know, those kind of. You don't things. have to leave the bar. Yeah, you don't have to. You can sit right there and do it. Yep. You, know, you can do, you can vaporize just about anywhere. It's vaporsmiths.com. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR, vaporsmiths.com. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Talk to Leo in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Eddie Free, and Mark. Leo. Hey, uh, I was, in, uh, I was uh, in Gulf War One. Thanks for taking my call. Good show. Um, I was in Gulf War One, and at the time, I really believed in the cause uh, that we were there for. You know, I believed it was American Petroleum. American technology, I believed, uh, you know, they told us bold-faced lies. They said that the Iraqis were taking Kuwaiti women and children out into the streets and shooting them in the back of the head, execution-style, by the tens of thousands. Yeah, That's what we were told by our own government that the Iraqis were doing, and it never happened. But it, it, it did incite our murderous raid. And this this kind of happened with the Iraq War too. You're talking uh, the, the the Kufi and Anan or whatever the sons of Saddam Hussein were supposed to have this rape these rape rooms and all these things. And this may very well have happened. I have no idea. But the pictures have never surfaced. Where's the picture of the rape room? I want to see the uh, you know the chains hanging from the wall. They talked about these uh, the terrorist training camps with uh, not mock-ups of planes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, never have we seen the terrorist training camps that uh, that Saddam Hussein had either. Well, no, and we don't. I have I have since learned a great deal about Saddam Hussein, about the fact of the the Iran Iraq War, how he was our ally. No, oh, sure. Um, about Iran uh, Iranian history, about the state of affairs in Iraq before we went over there. Um, you know, and uh, it's just, um, you know, all wars. I mean, look at look at uh, the Vietnam War. One of the biggest uh, war hawks for the Vietnam War was Henry Kissinger. Right, and he now is is. Shareholder in one of the largest copper mines in the world in North Vietnam. I mean, these hmm. look at the, the, the nine billion barrels of oil. You know, and, and today, you know, when I was over there, I remember getting a report of a of a little girl with hot, you know, who had died and hot shrapnel had pierced her back. Uh. And I just, I just, I actually wrote, you know, I, I, I tears came to my eyes when I was in the desert, you know, and and I just. I saw these people. I gave, I gave, you know, and there was a woman that spoke English. She, would, she had been middle class, and she lost everything. Mm. And, you know, I, I later thought about that. You know, I, I saw, I looked into their eyes, and their eyes were burning with, you know, and I, I was feeding these people. And yet, you know, here we had been bombing their cities. And, I, you know, I, back then, I, I thought we were disposing of a tyrant, you know, and we have created so much more distress and so much more instability and so many gang uh gang the the gang rule has come 
come about in that country, and, and they're so much more unstable. And the atmosphere against the U.S. is so poisoned now that it's not going to, there's no, it's, it's going to be next to impossible to remedy that. Yeah. And they want to, that's why Iraq right now wants to take away that, uh, the, the kind of uh, the immunity that uh, U.S. soldiers have had before in the past. Which is why and they're I, leaving. I, which is why they're leaving. And you know what? I do believe that this generation, this, this Iraqi war, there are, there is a greater, there's a greater number of, of soldiers. Now, now, I know some active duty soldiers right now, and they're, they are truly are good people. And, but a lot of them have the, have the mentality, hey, we're on a sinking ship. But, I, you know, from the other reports that I've read, you know, I believe that the mentality of the soldier today is less. I mean, back then it was really about Geneva Convention and treating POWs justly. I mean, it, it was, you know, if you're going to be captured in a war, you want to be captured by, Amer- by American forces because they're going to treat you justly. I don't think that's the sense anymore of, you know, I still think that there are a bunch of guys with a sense of justice in the military, but I also think there's a more... You know, I, I think there's also a more criminal element, a greater criminal element among enlisted soldiers that didn't exist before, more and more corrupt sense. Let you me know, speculate like more- on that, if I might. Um, you know, when you're talking about the what was it, Desert Shield situation in the early 90s, there weren't a lot of uh, c- catastrophes that happened for the American side, so they could afford to be uh, generous. You know, the, you know, okay, right. there's just some guys out in the desert, that kind of thing. But when you're talking about right. 4,000 dead, there's a lot of American soldiers who have seen friends of theirs be killed, and then they want to go out and they want to avenge that death mm-hmm. in, in whatever way they can do it, and it's generally not a just way. So yeah, I, I saw that at Fallujah. Yeah, interesting yeah, observations, you know, my, Leo. Yeah, my 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 taste, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the fact that the ground war only lasted, you know, four days, and that we were on alert for four months, and that we didn't see what. Because I'm glad that I didn't see, you know, I'm glad that I didn't see any of my my friends. We're glad you made it out all right, Leo. Thanks for the call and the thoughts, the observations tonight. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. You're welcome to share yours with us. It's a live Veterans Day edition of Free Talk Live. One mm, segment remains. Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now at 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733, you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there for free. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go and shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. There are links to Amazons around the world there. Click in the appropriate Amazon for you and get the stuff you're looking for. Get it delivered to your door, get great prices, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their items, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase. If you start your shopping through shop.freetalklive.com. The holidays are just around the corner. This season, consider the greatest gift you can give your family and friends. Peace of mind. Daily, we talk about destabilizing events around the world, whether it's unemployment, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters. Get prepared. Protect your family 
don't delay. For my preparation, I choose WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com offers delicious, ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff. Ian, you just had this stroganoff yesterday, right? Yep. I had some more tonight, too. They're packaged for freshness and individually individual metal mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. You prepare them in just minutes simply by adding water. Visit WiseFoodStorage.com. Or call 855-FOODWISE today uh, to request a free entree sample. For a limited time during the holidays, enter the promo code FTL to get no-cost shipping and 10% off of any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com. Call 855-FOODWISE, promo code FTL for a free sample, free shipping, and 10% off any order. Peace of mind is included. The greatest gift you can give to your loved ones is wisefoodstorage.com. And I think it's really you know, great. Just get the free sample. Try the free sample. It is worth it. How can you go wrong with that? Right. I mean, what's the big deal? Wisefoodstorage.com. 1-855-450-FREE. Eddie Freeze here with us, uh, joining us from Washington, D.C., uh, the belly of the beast here visiting New Hampshire. Uh, now, you are a member of the Free State Project. Is that right, Eddie? I am. Right. In fact, I, I signed uh, onto the Shire Society document uh, just a few nights ago. Oh, yeah? excellent. Over at ShireSociety.com. Now, of course, not everybody who joins the Free State Project joins the, the Shire Society. They're, they're certainly two separate things. But uh, so you're going to make the move. You're going to be leaving uh, Washington, D.C. sometime next spring uh, to move up here to New Hampshire. Why? Why? What was it that, uh, you know, about the Free State Project that really attracted you? I'm tired of beating my head against the wall. Um, the the way that the pop the states are, are they're populated to a point to where I can't make an impact on my own. I could go back to Texas and and uh, and I could go to the Capitol and uh, I could go and dance there and possibly get arrested. And I which could, you you did get arrested in Washington D.C. for the Jefferson Dance Party. People that haven't seen that could go to jeffersondanceparty.info to learn more about that. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm really into action and and doing things. I I, I got tired of of meetings. I hate meetings. Mm. I do not go to meetings anymore, and um, I'm more about action. And and uh, so you know, as as an activist, we're going to find ourselves in the courtroom uh, more and more often. And uh, and so I want to be somewhere where I can be with like-minded in- individuals, uh, people that uh, that that uh, believe in the ideas of liberty, if not exact uh, the same as me, uh, similar. But I've heard those people are in Washington D.C. Why not just stay with them? Yeah, well, it, it, it's it's too much to, uh, to 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 try to um, to turn people. Uh, I've I've tried to talk to, and I have talked to people about the, you know the ideas of volunteerism and, and and activism and and the ideas of liberty, but um, the way that when I found out about the Free State Project and just the idea of uh, the fact that the population here is what one point two million maybe one point four I think four, in New Hampshire yeah across Hampshire, the whole state New Hampshire has the highest uh, representation. Um, it, it, Over four hundred uh, so-called citizen legislators uh, in in this. 
uh, House of Representatives here. Right. Uh, also, the existing laws here, I mean, there's no seatbelt law. There's no helmet law. Uh, I don't think I have to have insurance to drive on the, on the roads here. I don't think It's true. That, uh, a good New idea Hampshire, to have it, but you don't have to. Right. Uh, New yeah. Hampshire doesn't accept uh, federal highway funds. Is that correct? Uh, I think they... Oh, I'll bet they'd yeah, scramble they, for them if they yeah. can get them. Absolutely. Uh, they don't... They didn't take whatever the... They so far have not taken whatever uh, amount they've been offered, the, the ransom they've been offered for the freedom of their citizens to... Uh, adult citizens citizens not to wear seatbelts, but that's probably what you're getting confused on. Well, I, so no uh, income tax, no uh, sales tax. Those are important aspects. Right, and no state sales, state sales tax. Um, What's the sales tax in D.C.? I wouldn't even know. Really? Yeah, I don't know. You go and buy something I've that's a dollar, you two know. years. There's a bag tax now in D.C., which is five cents. So for every bag that you uh, that you take home from the grocery store, uh, you, there's an extra five cents tagged onto that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wanted to be with like-minded individuals and, and I feel like I can make a difference here. I feel like, um, I could get involved. I, I want a stateless society. I, I'd love to see hundreds of private defense agencies all competing on a free market. I don't want to pay for po- police that aren't unaccountable. I don't want to pay for a military. I see the free state project of, of a way of me reaching that eventually by working within the system and voting at the state and county level to get other like-minded friends of, of liberty uh, to get them in and start peeling away the layers of government. And uh, once I found out about the free state, I was excited about it. It's, it's the best idea I've ever heard to instead of trying to change the minds of people that have been indoctrinated through the public system, uh, instead of trying to uh, banging your head against the wall and, and, and trying to bring them to to our ideas of liberty, which is still important. But uh, that has to be done. I mean, in order for us to achieve liberty in our lifetime, people's minds do have to change. They do have to embrace the ideas of consensual human interaction. For the most part, most people do embrace these things on a day to day basis. They engage on voluntary basis and consensual basis with most of the people in their lives. It's just that the disconnect comes when they they think about government and they feel like government's necessary. There was a, one of your videos. You've actually been helping Adam Kokesh uh, with his YouTube channel recently, uh, YouTube slash Adam Kokesh, if I'm not mistaken, all one word. Uh, and you were sh- showing me some of those videos early uh, early today. And one of the people that you were interviewing was basically defending government on the basis that, well, it's always been that way. Well, we've always had government. And Isn't so, that the, wasn't that the argument for slavery? It, it sure was. Uh, and, it, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't that argumentum ad antiquatum? Antiquitum or something like that. Exactly sure. The argument that is, well, because it has always been there, therefore it must always be there, and therefore it's, you know, it's always been there, so it's a good idea. And we're rejecting that. And in order for other people to come on board and feel comfortable rejecting that, they have to feel like they're not crazy. And when you're all alone and you're the one lone wolf in the wilderness shouting out about freedom, you look crazy. It's very discouraging. I, I feel it every day at work. I, I'll see a story that just I just have to say something. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm the lone wolf crazy guy at the office, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Uh, every time I leave Keene, every time I leave the Shire and I go back home, there really is a, a little bit of depression that, that sets in mm. knowing that I have to go back to this <laughs> status society and, and, and be this guy that's the crazy one that, uh, that uh, I can't really connect with. Uh, or, uh, that I can't connect with. I can't right, you're crazy. People. Because you want people to be free to live their lives how they want, so long as they don't right, hurt anybody in, else. I believe in some kind of a solid money system, uh, you know, whether it's gold or whatever commodity. Um, uh, what yeah, a I be- nut! Right. I, I yeah. believe that the uh, if we do have to have troops, that they should actually be defending rather than uh, being on the offensive, which actually makes us uh, less safe. 
So, um, so you get those people together who believe as we do in the same place, and all of a sudden you're no longer the lone nut. You're a group, in a group of nuts, and eventually the you know the group of nuts gets larger to the point where that we uh, can take over well, their system. I don't like to take say over, the word "take over." Yeah, but, you, you but still to won't be a be part to... of use the system to to bring about the change that we want. Well, to right. you'll never get to, to take stay. over. You'll never get to take over anything without changing people's minds first. Right. Well, but you can't extent, influence I've... people unless you actually have popularity. There are a lot of people who just go along to get along, and once the ideas of liberty become you know, penetrated enough into the popular culture, then people will just be on our side just because it costs nothing we're to big. Be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, to, to some extent, if you're talking about taking, taking over a system, it's not an inaccurate statement. It's not. But if the system is being used to commit crimes, and if you, if you can take over the system in order to prevent crimes from being, uh, being had, well, then I'm for that. Absolutely right. So, uh, of course, uh, here the number is 855-450-FREE, and, and we're pretty excited about what we're doing here. And, and military veterans are on board. We've got – you're a veteran, uh, Eddie Free, and we have a number of other free staters that are veterans. Uh, that and, and, of course, people from all walks of life are welcome in this movement, even uh, folks that aren't from around these parts, people from around the world, because – People everywhere are fed up with with governments. People everywhere are fed up with the the monopoly on violence that is the state. It was great. A, a pork fest. I met a, a guy from New Zealand. I, yeah. I met a guy from Portugal. So yeah, the ideas of liberty is is, is it's universal. Uh, yeah. It's universal. So right. we're out of time for tonight, but we'll be back tomorrow. You can join us then on our live Saturday edition of the program because we do this thing seven nights a week. Thanks, Eddie Free, for joining us tonight. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, yep. Mark. See you tomorrow right. online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And uh, today I have with me Tim Cummins. Tim, you there? Yeah, baby. <laughs> now, Tim, um, I've done ma- several of these with you, and the reason is, is well, frankly, I enjoy talking to you. We've been friends for quite some time since the first Liberty Fest, or uh, excuse me, Liberty Forum here in in New Hampshire. We met, and uh, we've been talking That's ever right. since. That's right. You're awesome, baby. That's why I dig you, Mark Edge. And you put together a podcast that kind of go- coincides with your life's work. You're a, a preacher, but, you know, kind of, uh, you, you're, I guess, kind of a, a, a missionary to some extent, and it's it's about making people's lives better, right? Absolutely. We believe and take the church to the people, so it's not just about come on in there and listen to us talk about Jesus, but actually get out there and do some Jesus stuff and love on people and help them with their real-world problems. It's all about helping people, Mark. Yep. And you know, you and I have talked on uh, more than one occasion about sort of my feelings about the church, but, you know, what my problem is with the church is the bad things they do, not the good things that they do. And to me, the stuff that I've seen you out doing, and I've supported your missions in the past, the stuff I've seen you out doing is the good stuff. Well, if you, if you take a look at the Bible, the kind of stuff that we're doing, Mark, is the kind of stuff that Jesus did. Amen? So there's a yep. real difference between organized religion and what Jesus actually did and what he espoused. And we're trying to get back to 
more about what the, the actual creator of this religion did. Amen. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I can, I, you know, clearly I'm supporting you with my money. I'm, a, I've supported you with my money in the past, and I, 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 I must agree to some extent. So, um, but Amen. now you've got this sectarian um, outreach that you do at the same time, which is um, the your podcast. Could you tell people about it a little bit? Yeah, well, it's like this, Mark. What I got to, to thinking about is I've been around church people all my life. I'm a preacher's kid too, you know. That there seems to be a very little difference between the emotional state of most people in the church and most people that are out of the church. It seems like a lot of people deal with self-esteem issues, how do we want to be happier, and that to me is a psychological problem more than it is a spiritual problem, and that's what my podcast, Verbal Surgery, tries to address, Mark. Yeah, you know, I mean, if people in the church are, you know, really just the same as people outside of the church, what, what's the point? I guess one might ask. But if you can access this, um, you know, this, this better state, this uh, positive attitude in um, some way, then, you know, I think that that's, I think that's a value. I listen to the podcast Verbal Surgery on a regular basis. I try to keep up um, and... If they, you know, I, I get them in the background. I don't even listen quite as intently as, um, you know, maybe I'm listening to the news or something. But what I find is almost every time, almost every time I have a better day, I certainly have a better few hours after listening to the podcast. And there's some kind of technique that you have that goes on inside of this. Can you tell me about that? First thing is just being a fire hose of positivity, Mark. Because I don't need to remind you how dadgum awesome you are, baby, and how the <laughs> listeners of this show are so incredible, smart, on top of stuff. And just to remind people that the fundamental thing that makes you awesome is, is listening to Free Talk Live. Well, of course, there's some other things, too. But it's, it's just to remind people how good they are at a basic, inherent level. People are good and that you are awesome, don't forget about that. So that's the first part of it. Right. And then the you make, second part of well, it, Before you go on, I mean, you make, this basic, sure. you make this basic assumption with your podcast that the people that are listening to it are good, in fact, awesome. You use uh, you know, superlative terms when talking about it. And to some extent, I would say that it's pretty clear that people will grow into that, even if they're not, even if they're not awesome, they're going to feel more awesome by the end. And people that feel good are less likely to participate in bad things, right? Absolutely. And the bottom line to me, Mark, is people really are awesome. And they've been convinced by a steady diet of this negativity that goes on in our population right now about how people are no good. It starts from the very school age. Uh, well, the, the teachers telling the kids that they're no good. I know a lot of times like, we talk about schools being a little more than prisons. But, you know, if, if just people will remind themselves of what a miracle they are, what an amazing piece of work they are, how often that they're even just put together on a physical level. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how great you can feel. And then the, the second part of it, uh, if you notice, I'll, I'll enter into a different kind of tempo. Well, I'll start talking more deliberately and slowly, yeah, like this. Yep. And and what happens is your mind picks up on this. One is your mind goes, listen, whatever this guy's talking about, he is so intense. I need to pay attention to it at some level, right? And then the second part of it, when I go into that more slower pronounced thing. And a lot of times, if you if you remember, Mark, I'll say things like, 
And you might say to yourself, and I start talking in a first person, I'm a good person, I can do this, I've overcome these kind of challenges. When you're listening to that, even if it's just background noise, that marvelous brain of yours, the most complicated instrument that we know of in the known universe, which is your brain is taking in all that information. And when you go and start programming that brain of yours to say, I am good, I can do it, I've overcome challenges in the past, and I will do this in the future, it's no surprise that you feel better afterwards, Mark. Yeah, I mean, and that's that, that's the bottom line of it is, you know, I, at, at first I found myself being uncomfortable with this level of positivity in my life. I was I mean, truly, I was uncomfortable with it. Now, I've gotten I've gotten used to listening to the podcast. It's something I look forward to doing. And by the way, your numbers have uh, really jumped up, uh, and maybe that's as a result of Free Talk Live. I'm glad that other people are getting what I'm getting. But I, I was uncomfortable initially. Have you found other people um, feeling that way? Well, you know, it's like this, Mark. I'm not everybody's, you know, cup of coffee, amen, somebody like decaf. You know what I'm saying? And there's no wrong with like a decaf. Yeah, I'm very intense, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, I think that intensity is part of what your brain listens to and starts saying this is something different. And, yeah. and i got to say, if there's any uh, people out there that are thinking, you know, maybe I should, you know, advertise my business with Free Talk Live, I wholeheartedly recommend that doing it. The kind of demographic that I want to reach is exactly who is listening to this. They're free thinkers. They're trying to make this world a better place. And that's the kind of group that I'm looking at. And, and like you mentioned, I just went over just recently the 20,000 download of verbal surgery, which I think is an amazing thing. I've been, you know, doing this for about a year or so now. Of course, I don't have the kind of killer numbers that, you know, Free Talk Live has, <laughs> but I got to admit, I don't think I'm working as hard at it as you are, Mark. Now, Tim, I appreciate I truly it, appreciate the plug for the show and all that. But what I want people to, um, you know, to get out of uh, that that last statement for, that I made is, you know, there cynicism is something easy to have in life. You can you can have it, right. and you will be uh, in the you know sort of the the regular world folks out there. Cynicism sells; they like it. But what do you get as a result out of your cynicism? Um, it. You know, the the things that you get for you, the rewards of cynicism, they aren't high. And no. the re- rewards of positivity are. So if Absolutely. you can find different ways to, to access that positivity, for me, one of those ways has been verbal surgery. It's a it's it's a no it's a no brainer one. I don't have to sit around and think about it. I can turn it on and then, you know, I have a better day, a couple of hours, whatever it is. That's valuable stuff. Absolutely. Well, and I tell you what, the thing that scares me the most is not only the negative talk that we hear so far about it, and one of the things I really like about Free Talk Live is it's overwhelmingly positive. You're trying to look for the positive things and stuff. Yeah, we're pointing out the negative things too, but still we're looking positive. But the the thing that gets me the most is when people's own self-talk is negative. When they start telling themselves, I'm no good, I can't do it, I, you know, I'm a failure. Yeah. Well, there's no argument because there's no filter if it's talking to yourself. Right. So that's why it's so important that you remind yourself every day of the challenges that you've overcome, the positive influence that you're making on the world right now. And, and Mark, i got to say, you and Ian have changed this world for the better, man. Thank you. For I truly believe that. Thank you that, for that. You know, what, what, 
what you're putting out there and what, what people are having to think about with Free Talk Live is very valuable. I think it's, it's pretty close to being unfiltered truth. And, you know, I worked for CBS and CNN for years, man. I've got my Associated Press Awards for doing all that, you know, big news stuff. And i got to tell you, man, it, it, a lot of it is just, just flat out not true because of the way it's, it's presented. And it, it's a very dangerous thing. And when you start telling people how, how overall America's we're in for trouble, it's boom and gloom, your, your life's going to be bad. I mean, people just buy it because they think it's on TV. And that's why I think Free Talk Live is such a valuable antidote to that kind of stuff, Mark. Yeah, you know, um, when you have negative conversations with yourself, conversations about how you, um, you know, you are a failure at heart or you can't do this or you can't do that, that's an extraordinarily easy argument to win. I mean, that's the argument that you can always win. It's, it's the argument that I am successful, I am a positive, I'm a person of value, although true, can be more difficult one to win. And um, those are, you know, it's, it's the loser's way out to have those conversations with oneself. Absolutely. So, you know, one needs to find different ways to avoid that. You know, the most powerful way and easy way to do that that I found, Mark, it's using that mar- marvelous instrument that you have inside your head called your brain to ask positive questions. If you ask yourself, what's good about what's happening? What can I learn about what's happening? How will what's happening make me a better person? How can I be successful by, by using what I'm learning right now? Your brain is going to go in the mode to figure those answers out. And if you ask yourself, like, why does this stuff always happen to me? Well, your brain's going to kick out that kind of, of, of information, too. So it's very, very important, the kind of questions that you ask yourself. The, the latest podcast that I just did yesterday was on being thankful. Now, one of the things that I love to research is what research says, how do I can immediately make myself happier right away? And one of the basic ones is just make a short list one or two things, of what you're truly happy for, what you're truly thankful for. And just by putting that down on paper, I'm thankful for that. you, you got to admit, man, you're, you're that beautiful Jack, son of yours. I mean, you got to say you're thankful for him, amen? It's the most, I, every, yeah, best thing in my life. He's the best thing in my life. Absolutely. When you write that stuff down, what research says is that you synthesize happiness in your brain. So just by pointing out the good things that are going on around you, you become happier, Mark Edge. And that is very valuable, very valuable information. And that's what verbal surgery is all about. Doing that surgical thing on your brain, making your brain even more powerful and making you happier so that you feel good now. Mark, that's what's about, baby. That's what it's about. about. So uh, go ahead, Tim, and tell folks how they can uh, get a little verbal surgery themselves. It's on iTunes. If you've got iTunes, which everybody does, I don't know how sad you were about Steve Jobs passing, but that guy's one genius. We need more geniuses like Steve Jobs. If that guy's part of the list of Free Talk Live, stand up and be counted, baby. We need you. Amen. (laughs) But get on iTunes and check out Verbal Surgery on iTunes, two words, Verbal Surgery. Or you can go straight to our website where everything is archived at verbalsurgery.com. And love to hear from you. I've gotten some tremendous feedback recently, uh, all the way from Israel, Mark. Wow. Young woman whose mom had died, but, you know, wrote me and just said how much verbal surgery has influenced her, how it's helped her feel better. 
and helped her get through her mom's passing. And she said, you are my friend. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, sister. I am your friend. And I want to be your friend, too. And I appreciate our long-term relationship, Mark. I dig you, baby. You and Ian are doing some awesome work, man. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate the interview.